everyone, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with a very, very funny comedian, Rich Slayton. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, my dad is here as well. Yo. Second Straight Podcast. And Joe, the kid Perez. What's up, buddy? Uh, and been- Adam's leg. Hi, I'm here. Everything hurts a lot. Yes, it does. It really it doesn't hurt. It's, it's hard to sleep. I have, I've gotten no sleep. Because every time I try to sleep, my leg feels like it's in a weird, shifty position. And I That's because I'm bored. Time. Wash me. <laughs> I, I am washing it. Uh, but it, it's been hard. So uh, I want to thank our sponsor. Uh, well, we're on Tip a Fighter. So if you like our podcast and you want to tip us, you want to show us your appreciation, you can tip us. Go to Adam Hunter. I'm on Tip a Fighter. I will gladly take your tips. It, it, it tells me that, hey, listen, you know, I'm, if I'm entertaining you for three, four hours a week, two hours a week, four hours, you know, whatever it is, if I'm to help giving you a service, you can give the service right back. I'll gladly take it, make my life easier. So uh, tip a fighter. Uh, today we have Raquel Pennington on the show. Uh, very, very tough girl mm-hmm. fighting at UFC 202. Uh, can't wait for that fight. And I'll tell you about my last couple days. So after the podcast we did on... Tuesday with Greg Wilson and uh, Quentin, the security guard, who's a big hit, by the way. People keep telling me how much they That's love good. Quentin. You weren't here. There was an actual security guard who was like, hey, man, you guys need to hurry up. And he was a big wrestling fan. He's like, you guys talking about wrestling? So then we happened to be talking about Conor McGregor versus all the pro wrestlers, and he sat in for a half an hour. Hold on. Security guard was here in your house? No, no. <laughs> we, we did it from my dad's place. I was at okay. my dad's place for a week because I was recovering. After that, I went, after that, I went to the dime bar to do a show. And I, I like walk in there, and I'm on crutches. So right away, everyone's like, it's a couple comedians there. No audience members had showed up yet. It was like one of those things. We started at 8, which means we started at 8.30. So I'm sitting there on crutches, and uh, I'm, I'm elevating my leg, and it's like depressing. There's no one in the crowd. And the comic's like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, it's going all right. He's like, hey, what did your baby do? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, well... You know, Bree had a miscarriage, and he's like, oh. so then he looks at me, and then the bartender's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, so I'm sitting here with like one leg. My girl had a miscarriage. I'm like, it's been a rough month. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. there was definitely that. Uh, but the show, I thought the show was pretty well. Uh, then we couldn't get the, the, the bartender wasn't there who does our sound. So then the first comic had to go on with no microphone, which is always fun when there's three people in a bar try, trying to talk to people over everybody. And, uh, it was funny, though. It was actually a fun show. I went on stage. I did about 10 minutes on crutches. I think I got a lot of sympathy laughs up front, but then it was, it was an interesting experience. Uh, so that was on Tuesday night. Uh, what, finally, I, w- I went back home. I never thought I'd be so happy to come back home. No offense, Dad. No, no, no. No offense taken. But I was You were a pleasure to, <laughs> to put up with. So. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, I thought about that. You, know, like, uh, you, you, got, you had the operation on, on Wednesday, yeah. 10 o'clock. And you got home exactly, you, you saw the therapist a week later, the next yeah. Wednesday at 10 o'clock. It was exactly a week, and, and you were able to get home right after that. I was, I was really happy for you, but hey, you know, it was, uh, it, it, I have a small place. I mean, you know, yeah, it, was, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy for you, and I, I'm glad you're okay. I'm it's, okay. And then rehab, rehab's going to be, you know, long, and, uh, but it, it was actually, we had a, fu- we had a little bit, because the brace wasn't fit right, so we had to go back and get another brace, and, and then they were arguing with the people at Kaiser, uh, but then, uh, but then last night, I saw my girlfriend, or my fiance, we, uh, we hung out, we watched some naked dating on VH1, some other mindless shows, and, uh, it was good, it was, I got to come home, and I now have four cats, because, Three of the kittens got adopted, but the mother and the black cat, who we called Fetty for a while because he had one, had one eye, uh, 
he wasn't ready to get off the mom's milk. So last night, I let him out of the, the bathroom, that's where they were staying, and it was fucking cat wars in my apartment because, you know, the first time they're out. So I had to break up cat fights all night with my cats hopping mm. around the apartment. Mm. So that's, that's, that's just where I'm at. And today I shot something for DraftKings. So I got a new promo for DraftKings coming out. Hopefully this will be the start of a good relationship, and, uh, and life is okay. What's going on with you? Usual stuff, just being funny and awesome all the time. Come on. 100% of the time. Yeah. My foot healed up. Last time I was out here, I was on crutches because I dropped the two by six on my foot. Right. My foot's all good. My toe looks disgusting. Nice. I call it toe gore clagain. It looks pretty bad. Has, uh, have you been commenting at all? And May? Yeah. Uh, we just did our last event uh, about a month ago, and the next one is in November. So we're down to two events a year now. Oh, but, wow. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, amateur mixed martial arts is a very difficult mo- business to make money at. And so it's, it's, it's profitable, but it's not profitable enough for the schedule that the, the higher-ups are putting in. You know, they were doing five events a year, yeah. and it's hard to bring in enough money for the amount of work that took for, them, for it to actually make sense for them to do. Now, you're, you're a very funny comic. You're a good writer. Thank you. Uh, I know that you watched the roast battle on Comedy Central. I did. Now, w- did you compete? in the? I've under- done seven roast battles. And what's your record? Four and three. You've lost three? My, but my three are to the number one ranked guy. Who's that? Uh, Alex Hooper. And that was a contentious loss. That was an, a double overtime <laughs> loss with some judging tomfoolery. Okay. Um, and then Joe Dosh. I lost him in the tournament last year, and he's the, a top five all-time ranked guy. And then I lost to John Huck at South by Southwest. So my strength of schedule is pretty good solid. John Huck's a pretty good writer. Uh, so South by you went to the, the, the comedy festival? Yeah, we did, we did the festival there. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I'm, I, th- I am four and three, but those three losses aren't ones that I am <laughs> And who have you of. beaten? Uh, I beat uh, Jeff Amaral was my first one, and then Stuart Thompson, and then Trey Stewart, and most recently, uh, perennial top tenor Frank Castillo. Now, the thing is, because I watched it on Comedy Central, The Roast Battle, and a lot of times I'll watch it... At, on the, the comedy store I'll watch the Periscope and these guys are hilarious I mean oh, they're yeah. really really funny and I thought that they were a lot better than the people that they chose than the comics they chose well because all of those comics they chose aren't roast battlers like they're, they're interlopers they're people who have a name and who are like well I can go be on Comedy Central rather than I'll tell you right now there are, I can, there are 20 people who are the, the top 20 at the roast battle at the, comedy, at the comedy store those people could hang with anybody from that TV show except maybe Mike Lawrence yeah. who's done it at the comedy store a bunch so he's actually I'll, you know, I'll take claim that he's a comedy store roast battle guy because he's done it there like three or four times right. he's the eventual winner and Jimmy Carr, who's just a British assassin. Yeah. But other than that, like those comedy store guys, right. that's why you saw Sarah Tiana and Earl Skakel, who are both comedy store yeah, roast I battlers. I thought it was weird to have like, the top four. Like Steve Renazizi, the comic who lied about 9 11, which, <laughs> I mean, some of them, I was. In I New prefer York. to think of him as the comic who uh, didn't lie about the league being so good. But you know, everyone <laughs> take their own. Okay, okay. Steve so people somehow know him. Steve Renazizi, I've known him for years. Funny comic, uh, good, solid comedian. Lately, he's been known as the guy who lied about 9 11. He did the roast battle, and I was just like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? He, he got murdered on TV. He looked like an asshole. Uh, he was not... It was like somebody watching someone do MMA for the first time on UFC level. It was like without actually training and then just getting knocked out. And like, okay, you had a name, great, but, you know, you're, but what are you doing? 
I, I didn't understand that at all. I mean, the Comedy Central guys were pulling a Bellator. They were like, hey, this person will pull in some eyes. Who cares if they're any good? <laughs> right. It's exactly what happened. So, Dad, what's going on with you? Uh, you. What's going on with me? I mean, you've been going on with me. I've been taking care of you for seven... You've been healthy. I mean, seven days, yeah. five hours, 14 minutes, and 27 seconds, man. Yeah. It's been, it's well, actually, been you. Well, actually, it got well, even I harder. The day after I got my ACL surgery, my dad's wife... Uh, Third wife. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, uh, but my the newest wife. wife. Uh, uh, guy Third Wayne, wife. Uh, it's a true statement. Uh, my, my stepmom, great woman, lover, nicest, sweetest woman, got into a car accident. Uh, totaled, totaled the car. The car. Yeah, so you were so taking was, care of me and her. Yeah, I was taking care of... I was at uh, two, two hospitals four times in two days. Yeah. That was, that was hard, you know. She's doing all right, though? Uh, yeah, oh, she's fine. Yeah, the car's... The car's uh, Total, but she's yeah. she's okay. She, yeah. Thank God she's okay. And uh, you know, I was hoping she would help me out with Adam, but then it turned out that you know she had to be taken care of. So, and then I was worried that the dog would uh, my, his dog would kill somebody. I figured I have to get him to the hospital in the vet. You know, so that was uh, that was good. That yeah, happened because yeah. So is that a thing that you call uh, if your dad gets married and you're already an adult? Do you call his new wife your stepmom? No, you call you don't call her first name, right? Yeah, call Ellen. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't really sure. That's a good question. Uh, That's a good question. Yeah, have you been married? I am married four years. Wow, congratulations, wow. yeah, Mrs. Slayton, top shelf girl. What does she do? She is the director of a summer camp. Yeah, yes, here in L.A. Wow. A uh, six-point summer camp for Jewish athletes. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there are there are a few of us. Yeah. There's you, for example. There's one. Well, I'm one Jewish athlete, yes. Yeah. Uh, I know. Mark Spitz. Mark Spitz. That's two. Goldberg. Bill Goldberg, right? Sure. Uh, was it? Yep. Uh, one of the Olympic gold medal ladies. The This year? Yeah. She won the Olympics last 12, you know, four years hey, ago well, in this where time. Where did she win it? She's one of the five, like, the, the U.S. gymnastics women's team. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax. Oh, yeah, yeah you go back. You know, yeah. and, you know, interesting enough, a lot of the early fighters were J- Jewish, Irish, Boxers, yeah. Jewish, Italian. Yeah, all My favorite, though, is watching fights with my dad because we'll be watching the fights, and it'll be a, I think it'll be an exciting fight. My dad would be like, Sugar Ray Robinson would have beat both these guys' asses. Or these, these guys are a bunch of... Come on, back in my day, we had... Fight. This is fighting? This isn't fighting. It, it's well, and in those days, you know, um, it's, uh, boxing, they, they boxed every three, four months, these guys. I mean, yeah. you had Gene Fulmer, Carmen Basilio, Sugar Ray Robinson, and later on Sugar Ray Leonard, and you had uh, Roberto Duran, all these guys... Every three months, the, you know, it was the Friday night fights at Sunnyside Gardens. It was on TV, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, every Friday night. Your dad used to take you, right? Uh, no, we don't go to fight. We just watch it on TV. What, am I, what was the we fight were, that you uh, went to when you were on acid? Fight, I went to the second Ali Frazier fight. Yeah. On acid. <laughs> I wasn't acid, no. Allegedly. Was, what was might it? Have, cocaine, maybe. Yeah. It was cocaine. And I was with, uh, and I was so, very much, I was out of it. I was doing drugs in those days. And um, I was with an actor. Uh, a very big, famous actor, showbiz, uh, uh, Broadway guy. You can say who it is, right? All right, go on. And uh, so we were together. We were like fifth you row. and Meryl Streep were the <laughs> fifth row. Fifth row. Uh, no, it was, it was a guy. It was a friend of mine. And we were fifth row. You know, Ali Frazier, second fight. And I was, you know, it was just, it was just one of the, what we were doing in those days. We go for the fights. We go to the clubs and blah blah and so forth. So. And I didn't remember who won that fight. It was the second Frazier Ali fight. Yeah. Later, because it was, you know, and I saw him late, t- ten years later, maybe twenty or thirty years later. I saw him. I said, "Hey, remember 
you and I, you know, I was so out of it that night. I didn't remember who won that fight. And he says, were we at that fight? <laughs> <laughs> the guy didn't even know he was there. He didn't even know he was there. Yeah. So, I, you know, everything is everything One of my is, favorite stories is relative. ever was with the Alice Cooper story. When you know, my dad managed Alice Cooper along with Shep Gordon. They were partners together. Uh, and um, the story about how you got him booked at that farm and there were chickens, right? And then Zappa called you. And he said, well, "No, he tell this whole story." He though. said, "Yeah, well, it, it was, it was, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of." Clothes. I remember this was, I guess it was the first time at uh, there were chickens there, and uh, they, they it was outdoors a festival, and but Alice couldn't get booked anywhere, right? I mean, well, in in the early days, he couldn't get booked anywhere. No, we had to. Uh, the, the first show we did was a was a show in uh, Venice Beach, California, and the headliner was Sonny and Cher. And all the old Jimi Hendrix, the doors, they were on a show. And it was a, I was think I was managing them for about two weeks. And I went to the promoter and I said, listen, got this band. Frank Zapp is managing them. He, Frank Zapp is producing them. They're going to be the next big thing. And the guy said, get out of here. What's the name of the band? I never heard of them. Boom, boom. Goodbye. I said, come on. No, please. 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 Okay. At this point, they were going to show, show me the door, you know, with my partner, Shep, at the time. And so we, we told the band that... We had gotten the show, figuring we would get the show. Right. So now we had to go back to the band, and the band said, "Hey, man, we can't wait the show. Sunny, the headline, all these great bands. It's a, it was in uh, Newport Beach Festival. A hundred thousand people in those days. You know, hundred thousand people just came out with blankets. You had people, the sound systems, and they were all excited to go. And I didn't have the heart to say, "Hey, we didn't get the show." So, so okay, we'll get. Show comes around three days later. We get the car. At that point, we had a hearse. We had a big hearse that we looked like a limousine. Put everybody in a hearse. Drove right. up to the, drove right up to the gate. And the guy at the gate, you know, the security said, "Who are you?" And he looks. And he sees a bunch of guys in the back. He said, I, I, "I was so nervous. I was driving." I said, "We're the Joseph Cotton Blues Band." There was a band <laughs> called the James Cotton Blues Band. I couldn't even get the name right. I saw that they were on the show because there was a, a list of who was on. Like at the comedy clubs, you have the list of who's playing. But Joseph Cotton Clues, uh, he was an actor, Joseph Cotton. It was, uh, okay, okay, okay. He lets us in, take the band. We drove right to the stage, put the band on the stage. band starts playing in front of all these people. All of a sudden, I'm looking at, after three songs, I'm looking and I see a guy come down with police <laughs> running down. There, uh, Get the fuck off the stage. Who the hell are you? I'm going like this. And the band, we jump in the limousine. We, we basically had to run out of there. You wow. Know, so after, but we did four songs. You did four songs. Now, did, that, did the crowd of, like the songs? Not really, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever liked the songs in those days. I mean, didn't you guys walk a free concert? We the first the first concert when I saw them with Zappa, it was a free concert, and uh, they started playing after two songs. Everybody started leaving, and we were trying to impress some people. You know what a great band this is, and people were leaving. And I almost had a here's ten dollars. Stay, no, 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 no. Please, you know, they would just walk out the door. But one of my favorite though was with chickens that were on stage, right, and then. You started throwing them into the crowd. I started throwing the chickens into the crowd, and that's uh, what you do with chickens. Yeah, <laughs> that and, seems reasonable. Yeah, well, but where you were you know, playing then? We were playing at a outdoor festival. It was in like some Saginaw or Saugatuck, Michigan. The Saginaw Chicken Festival. I've heard of it. <laughs> it was in Michigan, and uh, we're on a bus going home, and he got a call from Frank Zappa, who was the producer and the record a record. Uh, he owned a record company that we were on at the time, Straight Records. It was Bizarre Records, whatever it was, and nobody wanted to buy them, you know, and it was, it was early. And he said, 
And uh, Alice said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the chickens, you know, because it was in the papers. Papers, papers. I said, no, that's the best thing that ever happened for you guys. Keep, you know, keep doing it. Bring chickens everywhere, you know. Yeah, it's, it's that's fake. your thing now. Come on, son. That became the thing. Uh, and then you yeah. guys kept trying to top each other. Well, yeah, you know, that became... Tomorrow I'm going to throw a cow. <laughs> it, it be, well, and the, eventually the ASPC, because we had a snake in the act, too. We had this six-foot boa constrictor snake. So eventually the ASPCA would show up at our shows to make sure there were no chickens being thrown. Yeah. <laughs> now, what that might be the and, greatest and sentence about <laughs> rock and roll ever. <laughs> with the ASPCA, you know. Cause also, another story I, my dad... Were the chicken inspectors? Hide the chickens. Hide another the story chickens. that I love is the, the, witch, the witch story. Was the whiskey a go go? And the first what year was it? Nineteen sixty eight or nine. The first uh, press release was that Alice Cooper was the name of a sixteenth century witch <laughs> that was reincarnated from Salem, Massachusetts. And you guys were just was, messing around. Like, well, that was the name they picked. Uh, yeah. We picked the name Alice Cooper, and, and, and it was, uh, you know, the story, the hype was it was the reincarnation, and Frank Zappa, who was known for everything that was really out there, it all had to fit into a picture. So we released this press release, and uh, and um, had the show at the Whiskey A Go-Go, and this was 1968. You know, it was like sex, drugs, rock and rolls, all the B-ins and the, the LSD and the psychedelics. And, and down from San Francisco came a whole bunch of witches. <laughs> you know, what are they? Weaken, Wiccan? Wiccans. Wiccans. Oh, there's yeah. A, yeah, there's... And, and they were, but not only from Texas, from Colorado, because <laughs> I heard that there was a real witch playing at the Whiskey A Go Go. So, that is so funny. So now we're surrounded by... I mean, these, these people were, they were all like, get me to Alice, get me to Alice. And Alice was... He was sort of... He, he, he was looking like, you know, it was like... So, he they was just not, told me to put on eyeliner. Yeah, it was, <laughs> what's well, happening here? We, we, it was an art piece. You know? It was all. It was a solid Salvador Dali. It was art and theater and rock and roll and do whatever you have to do to to, to get noticed. You know, and, and to uh, there's a shock rock band that's a. Uh, it's I think they're like an American, maybe like Swedish shock rock band called Marianne Cotton, named after Britain's first serial killer. Really, Marianne Cotton. She uh, she poisoned. She had four husbands. Uh, throughout, throughout her career, she poisoned and killed three husbands and f- uh, two lovers. She had a nickname. What was her nickname? I don't, remember, I don't remember if she Poison had a... Mary or something. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, not, <laughs> maybe. She, and then also like 13 kids of her kids. Wow. And she, just poisoned, she, just, she served them all tea with arsenic. Jesus, you would think like why would you be the fourth husband after that? Like if you're the first, yeah, you're like, the, you think you're something in the tea. You're like, you know what? I'll have orange juice. Yeah, Maybe really. don't serve. I won't have the tea this time. That's where Bloody Mary came from, I think. No, Bloody Mary was the queen. Oh Bloody yeah, Mary, Mary Queen of Scots. Was it Mary Queen of Scots who was Bloody Mary? Could All be. right. Well, let's, let's, Mary. let's talk a little, <laughs> let's talk a little bit of fighting for now. Let's, we got this is the fighting podcast. Uh, uh, we're going to talk to Raquel Pennington, who's fighting uh, UFC. 202. 202. I'm going to try to go. Uh, I think I'm going to go. I'm, 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 I don't know. I, I have a show that She's night. She's fighting Elizabeth Phillips. Yes, she is. I, I'm She's definitely. Five and three. Oh, come on. You got to be kidding me. I'm calling her again. Let's go, Raquel. Where's 202? It's in Vegas. You're going to go? I think so. I'm doing shows all week at the uh, Stratosphere, Monday through Sunday. Uh, Stitch is coming on Monday. A bunch of fighters are coming. It's going to be cool. great. Uh, but after you come, well, before you go, when, you, when this is coming out after Vegas? 
What? What? This? These stitches. Oh, the stitches come out. No, yeah, it's funny. No stitches. No stitches. The fight. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I. This. Yes. Yeah, so, you know. I, my dad is very funny. Um, so let's let's uh, call Raquel Pennington. Adam's leg is doing 15 minutes at the top. Yeah. I know. I. No, I'm not leaving my name and number, Dad. <laughs> hey. Let's just do the whole show as a voicemail. Really? I- I'm going to call her again. Uh, come on, Raquel, pick up. This is the third time we're calling. Third time's a charm. I liked Raquel back on The Ultimate Fighter. She impressed me a lot. She's okay. a strong girl, good athlete, hits hard, seems like a cool chick, you know, all tatted up, pretty girl. I know she plays for the other team, but... That's, that's, that's all good. Her, her phone skills are not that great, though. You got her phone say. skills are, she gets, uh, yeah, her phone skills so far are terrible. Oh, come on. Uh, Raquel, Raquel, Raquel. Ugh. All right, so we'll, 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 keep, we'll keep on with the show right now. And until uh, so, word is uh, in, in MMA news that there's a fighter union now. Start, start. I saw that today. Yeah, Randy Couture is part of it. Oh, the guy doesn't fight anymore. That's a good start. Leslie Smith. Sure. A uh, bunch of other fighters. I think it's actually a good thing. Uh, Raquel. Seven amateur fighters from Costa Mesa <laughs> joined no, it. No, no, no. There's, there's some good people. Uh, there's some good people involved. Chuck the Iceman Liddell. He's in it. The Professional Fighters Association. I think they need a union. Uh, Leonidas joined it. The original—I don't mean the Italian guy. I mean like the original Roman <laughs> Leonidas. He joined. Yes, I think. A, yeah, I think a good union would be a good thing though, because I think sometimes. It, I think you're right. Is this Mark Hunt's union? No. All right. So Raquel Pennington's not picking up. Uh, I've called her six times now. Well, now I'm going to vote for Elizabeth on yes. this fight. Sorry, Raquel, you lost. You lost my support. Really? Just from this right now. I'm trying to call her. Ugh. I'm talking to her manager. That's why I hate going through managers, uh, because I just feel like it's always. That's why I don't have a manager. Is because I don't want people to go through my manager to deal with me. Really? That's really? the only reason why. It's just it's annoying. It's like a podcast, and I understand you want to go through your managers, and it's good to have a manager. And I like Deanna; it's her manager. But it's just hard sometimes because when you do the directly, it's just you and the person. Yeah. And then when you're not, sometimes it's now I got to call this person to call her to tell her. To, it's just. It can't just be a simple phone call anymore. Yeah. Know? It's a pain. It's a pain. The, and I understand why fighters like have my manager do it. You know, you, they want. To feel like if the professional, it, it should be that not should be a problem. It really should be. I mean, as a manager, yeah, as a manager, if the if a manager is managing an artist, whether it's a fighter or an athlete or, or a singer or a comedian, and you know he's going to do a better job of telling the public how you, good you are and taking care of the details to get you to where you want to be in, in life than you're going to be able to do for yourself. It just stands to reason. I could, I could sell, you could sell me better than I could sell myself and, I, and vice versa. So if the manager's not anymore in good, the fight, he should, not he should say, the fight hey, game. I, That's why I do think, though, I think that MMA people, UFC, MMA fighters should have like, like wrestling managers. You know how like the honky t- like, used to be like Absolutely. Jimmy Hart. Oh, like, no, but I think they should walk out and talk all kinds of shit for them. Like Bobby the Brain Heenan was like, one of my favorite managers growing Jimmy up. Jimmy the Mouth of the South yeah, Horse. Jimmy Hart. Uh, hey, so basically, Virgil. here's what we're saying, Nate. If you need a manager, I Rich Slayton am here. <laughs> Would you do it? I'll just I'll come out and talk shit with Connor on Nate on Nate Diaz's really? behalf. Absolutely, that would be funny. You wouldn't be worried about that all the tiny fans. half a potato douchebag. Yeah, I'll go out and talk. You don't shit like with Connor. Him. 
just for this moment, no, I'm, I'm auditioning for a job. Right. This is Nate's if, manager. If, here. If, if, if Connor hires me, then yeah, then Nate's a mush mouth from Stockton who gives a shit. Right. So right. Just, it's whoever pays me now. By the way, UFC 202, I do think that uh, Nate is going to win this fight. Hell yeah. I think Nate is so much big. I think he's just too big. I think if the fight was at 55 or 45, you know, it definitely becomes more of an even fight. But when you're talking about a guy who walks, and I've stood next to Nate Diaz, he is a big dude. He walks around at like 205, maybe even 210. He's tall. Now he's thick. He's got muscles. And I just think he has the skill set to beat Connor. I was at the first fight. Yes, I know. Connor was kicking his ass in the first fight. But that's the point. He was landing huge shots, and they were not really affecting Nate Diaz. They were hurting him. They were stinging him, yada, yada. But they weren't putting him out. They weren't. No, no, I don't agree he was landing huge shots. If you watch that fight, Nate's rolling with nearly every one of those punches. Okay. rolling well. I think the big now. I think this this fight to me is a is very very close. I edge Nate, but I was shocked at, at the way Connor fought the first fight because F- Connor fought the blueprint of how you lose to a Diaz brother. He was like, "Hey, what's the best way to not win this fight? Come forward, keep your hands low, swing heavy, and don't move laterally." Carlos Condit wrote the blueprint on beating a Diaz brother. You move backwards, counter-strike, move laterally, because neither Nate nor Nick moves phenomenally on the lateral plane. And Connor did zero of that. So he's sitting there going, let me just throw everything into single shots, never throw combinations. It was garbage. coming off, you know, just obliterating all these people. Sure. So when you knock out Jose Aldo in eight seconds, when you... Drop Dustin Poirier real quick when you go through uh, Chad Mendez. Chad Mendez when you go through the German dude uh, Dennis Seaver, mm-hmm. you start you start thinking, believing your own hype. Number one, sure, and start thinking, okay, there's no way this guy's going to do it, especially taking a guy on that short notice. Uh, that being said, I think that Nate Diaz, I think maybe. Connor smites a farter, a smarter fight and tries to outpoint him this time and plays. Sort of, but that's not Connor's style. You can't really change a fighter's style in one fight. It's I don't think you can, and I don't think that Connor has the camp behind him. He's the best guy in his camp. Do you think he's gonna gas after the first round again? No, I think he learned his lesson. Yeah, but I still think he gets stopped in the, the third round, second or third. I think Nate can hurt him in too many ways. Uh-huh. I think, but you know, look, this is MMA, and I know that Ray Longo s- s- sort of alluded to. Well, I hope. Uh, you know, Nate doesn't kind of not throw the fight, but there's a big payday in the third fight, which is true. But I don't think Nate Diaz mm. is ever really thinking past the fight. And that guy's got way too much pride to start thinking, well, money, money's, I don't think, ever been the Diaz brothers' motivation in anything. I think well, th- have you seen the housing prices in, <laughs> in Stockton and that part of California? Well, it like, just you seems can- like those guys are like, I, mean, I know that like Lazy the Savage told me a really good story about how on the podcast, so... Nick Diaz is like, yo, get me a sponsor. So Nate Lazy went out of his way to get this guy who wanted Nick Diaz to sponsor this this thing that was like one of those like six point things where you hit the the head and the arm and like one of those like dummies you could mm-hmm. sort of like box like a boss rooting yeah like a super, boss rooting yeah. thing. So they sit down with Nick and this and this guy and the whole team is there and they pitch it and he's like, man, you should talk to Jake Shields about uh about doing this because maybe he'll uh, put his name on some stupid bullshit like this. <laughs> he goes, the people might actually buy this if I put my name because they hate me that much. Or so, or he's like, no one's gonna. He went off on it, and it was just like went terrible. That's Nick Diaz for you. Yeah. Those guys are, are very real people. So uh, the, the, there's there's that fight. Anthony Johnson versus Glover Teixeira. Ooh. 
that a ghost? <laughs> yeah, I, the, yeah, the ghost of Glover Teixeira. <laughs> uh, I like Glover Teixeira. I just think that Anthony Johnson hits too hard, too young. He's too long for Glover, too, man. Too big. He's long as fuck. Dad, who do you think wins this fight? Anthony Johnson. And why is that? I've seen him fight. <laughs> That's yeah. as good a reason as any. The other guy you haven't seen fight? <laughs> Who's the other guy? Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira? No, I don't think I, I saw Teixeira on the Yankees. Uh, Mark Teixeira. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mark Teixeira. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of the, it's very similar. It, okay, well, so, I don't think Mark Teixeira could beat him either. Uh, but I think Anthony Johnson, I mean, there is a, you know, Glover is a strong guy, and he's, you know, he beat up Rashad Evans. It seems like everyone that beats Rashad, like, Johnson, who's his teammate, gets angry and then beats up, like, next. Uh, not everyone, but Ryan Bader. Uh, yeah. Ryan Bader beat Rashad. Glover was like, fuck this. And Rumble was like, fuck this. And, like, Anthony Johnson, in his... A focus, Anthony Johnson is a scary, scary dude. Yeah. Probably the scariest guy at two of That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. he looked great. Who's your favorite fighter, Dad? Uh, of, of what? Uh, uh, MMA? Yeah. MMA? MMA. Think about that. I don't know. Uh, I guess Bubba Jenkins. <laughs> yes, good call. <laughs> Bubba, you. who's still on the undercard, by the way. So Bubba Jenkins and Georgie Terracanyan are fighting in Bellator, and they're on the undercard. And it's a fucking travesty. I'm sorry. Georgie is why, a vet. Why is it? Why is that happening? I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't I'm not, know. I think that they... What you, what's your... What's your uh, My thing is that maybe they... You, know, Bubba, you guys have to... I think maybe... My, my cat's sneezing, by the way. He's yeah, he's got cat's got. You think he's taking to the vet or what? Uh, no, he bit me before though. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a love was. bite though. Uh, the, well, bite. Thanks a lot. Well, I need I need that kind of loving, <laughs> like a hole in the head. Why, why do Why do I think he did that? Because uh, I think Bellator doesn't like Bubba's swag or something. They don't. I don't know. They don't. They're not really? getting behind Bellator. They seem to kind of. Maybe he's confident, but he rubs someone the wrong way. He's this, he, maybe because he doesn't win in the most exciting fashion. He hasn't had Does, that. Have many, you talked to him about it? I mean, that's that's going to be that's going to be it in the end. Like yeah. that in the end, this this isn't simply a it's not a it's not a win loss record game. It's a do you put together a highlight reel game? Mm, exactly. That's what it comes down to. And if if like if Bubba Jenkins was putting people away with his with the skill set he had, if you if you just take everything he has right now. Plus, they have seven to fifteen seconds of highlight clip to put for him yeah. when they do every show. He's headlining. I understand that, but 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 it's not like the card is stacked. This is not UFC two hundred. That's fair. I mean, they're putting a bunch of people. Mm. They no, put, I think Bubba should be up on the card, but I'm, these, if we're talking why, they put that's these two why. girls on that I've never heard of. I think they're making their they, like one's two and one, the other one's three and one. I mean, it's I understand that a lot of times women equals ratings in fighting, but a lot of times it doesn't, and and a lot of times it also like. Greg was saying last week that girl that uh, from from Poland who fought the other girl. Uh, you know, did you watch it last night? Yeah, last yeah, Saturday, yeah. Um, she won, right? Yeah. The one is going to fight Yo Jacek probably. Uh, Morose, Mela, something Morose, and the girl who fought the, the black girl from she was from up. Here, what a, oh, I thought you were talking about the one, the girl who bought Nama Yun, who, who beat Nama Yunus. No, 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 Bellator. No, no, I'm talking about Saturday night that. Uh, a couple nights ago on the Cesar. Anyway, they put oh, two yeah. girls. It was like, okay, let's let's put girls in the main card, but who aren't necessarily going to have a good show, and that's what I'm saying. They're not putting, you know, Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey on this card. So, by the way, uh, I'm a big fan of the Underground. I love the Underground. I, I listen. I, I, it's my favorite app. But they put Juliana Pena fat shamed Ronda Rousey. All right, that was the the thing. Okay, it was a TMZ report. And here's what Juliana Pena says. 
You know me, they can delay me, but they, cannot, they can't deny me. And I love Pena, one of my favorite people. Uh-huh. She's a good friend of mine. I've had my hand raised in the octagon more than any other female out there. And no one deserves a title shot more than me. That's how I feel about that. And then she says, she knows she needs to fight me, yada, yada. And then he, uh, she, she, go, she, she, uh, she uh, goes on, and then uh, she says, uh, I want that belt. Uh, I'm not going to stop till I get it. I think Rousey's going to come back before the end of the year. That's what I've been told. That's what I've heard. I believe it when I see it. When signs a contract on a dotted line. She's coming back. We'll see. She's the emperor in no clothes. You know what I mean? She's broken a little bit. I just think that no one really cares about Ronda Rousey and her fat arms anymore. But I guess some people do. I guess Nunez is going to wait around for a title fight, and we'll see how it goes. Huh. Now, you said all that shit? Juliana Pena, right? All right. All right. Uh, which, bad bitch. And, look, all right. and Juliana Pena is a Latin girl. TMZ puts a camera in front of her. She's going to say that. That's not fat shaming. I'm sorry, but we are becoming way too fucking sensitive. Uh, if, if, someone's, if saying someone has fat arms is really, like, if that, is that really crossing the line? To me, that's... That's, that's trash talk. And if, the man, if male fighters would have said that, you'd be like, this is pretty weak, weak trash talk, and you wouldn't really... I don't know. If you're the male fighter, you're like, yo, man, Glover Teixeira's got grandma arms. <laughs> like, that's... I don't know why. Funny. Wait, yeah, but, but funny, but would you be like, that's, that this, is, this is politically incorrect? I mean, I mean I come know, on. I, it seems like he's saying, Juliana Pena... The, the title of the thing is, Juliana Pena fat shames Ronda Rousey. And to me, I think we're getting way too sensitive. If you, I mean, you, could, you should be able to say someone has fat arms without being called a bully or this political correctness and this nonsense. I'm sorry. Like, it, trash talk should be the same for women and men if you want to have equal, if we're talking about equal rights. And you should be able to say shit without being called a bully. I mean, the stuff that Nate Diaz and McGregor say to each other, the stuff that John Jones and Cormier say to each other, I mean, that's... Other sports too. Other sports. Basketball. I mean, I don't yeah, but now all of a sudden, you know, someone says Ronda Rousey has fat arms, and that's going over the line. I mean, come on. Well, what happened? I mean, who said it went over the line? What? Uh, what, what some what some twenty-two-year-old. No, it's actually Kurik said. Uh, who who he goes? Trash talk is awesome as it puts asses in seats and money in fighters' pockets. But female fighters commenting about fat is uncalled for. Who is this? The guy who runs the underground. I'm like, come the guy on. Who runs the underground? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, a nice guy. I know the guy. He does me a lot of Yawn. favors. He's a friend of mine. But yeah, defend you, you. You defend him here. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be your wrestling manager here right now. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're complaining about. You work in the fighting business, right? People punch each other in the face, and you're worried that someone said a meanie thing about another person. How about you go back underground and stop commenting on fighters <laughs> trying to sell fights? It's not bad, not bad. But also, it's, it's like Nate, I'm for hire, dude. Seriously. <laughs> but also, calling someone fat arms—that's that's not even like really bad trash talk. I mean, Muhammad Ali would say, um, "I want to put your face in dough and did he comment and make gorilla cookies?" I mean, he would say the <laughs> most so funny. fucked so up funny. shit that, you, that he would that's say. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, that was—I mean, come on. Did he comment on when Betch Cohea talked about Ronda Rousey's dead dad? Yeah. Did he? Uh, no, no, no. So, so hold on. Someone insults someone's dead. Oh, I think he did actually. Father? I think he did actually. Yeah, I, think I think he, he did, did actually. But that's not the point. The point is, is that who cares about a fat arms comment? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Uh, that's what. Hey, I'll tell you this: what Rhonda's what, what? fat arms are my favorite part about her. <laughs> really? How about that? No, they're not. Yeah, they're great. They're 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 smooth. They're filled out. She's got a pretty face. She's yeah, got, she's got a pretty. Face. Yeah, but she's got fat arms, bro. You you actually like fat arms on girls? On this girl, Joe. What's your favorite feature on a girl? I like a big ass mole. <laughs> like Ronda's mole. That's no on, on any girl. And Cloudge's mole. Uh, really, you moles your things? Oh no, I'm just oh. kidding. I uh, like. Uh, I got a mole in my armpit, bro. Let me see it. You want it? Get in here on this thing. Boom. How's that make you feel? I don't see it. What are you talking about? Oh, there it is. Boom. Yeah. Everybody has that. 
Ask what, a I, mole on their armpit? Yeah. In their armpit? Yes. Let me see yours, then. I'm too sensitive. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's great, Rich. Thanks for showing. Uh, all right. No. So, <laughs> but yeah. If, all right. So I'm trying to call Raquel again. So that's... Hey, let's call Elizabeth. Let's find her. Uh, I don't know if I have her. Uh, but you know what? I think... Um, uh, I think I'm gonna call Tisha Torres because I like Tisha Torres. Tisha's always badass. Yeah, she's badass. All right, and then we'll just call Tisha see if she picks up the phone. If not, we'll keep breaking down UFC 202. So Rick Story versus Donald Cerrone. You know, Rick Story looked like the future of the division. I want to say like four or five years ago, there was this moment in time where he he and Michael McDonald are both guys who looked like they were gonna be world beaters. And I think McDonald might be doing a comeback to a certain degree, but I don't know, man. McDonald so- got murdered by Lineker. Michael McDonald, you said? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, dude, he just got marked. Remember, like, four years ago, Michael McDonald looked like the truth? He did, I know, but that also, that division, the 125 men's division, it's a little bit like there aren't that many contenders right now. There are a lot of good guys, but it seems like the best... Michael McDonald's oh, at 125? Or he's 135. He's 135. Yeah, Michael McDonald's at 135. Talking about Roy McDonald? No, I'm a Michael McDonald, the mixed martial arts fighter who's like young dude, has a lot of back knee. Yeah, he's 135 from, from Modesto. Uh, he fought Uriah Faber. He's a bantamweight, yeah, there you Lost go. Lost Uriah Faber. So uh, this, look, this fight, I think, actually, everyone's going to pick Donald Cerrone based on who Donald Cerrone is. But I, I don't want to pick against Donald Cerrone in this fight, but Rick Story might surprise you in this. He's won his last three fights. Uh, his losses have been by split decisions. He's a tough, tough guy, and the fight's at 170. And Cerrone is a lighter guy. He's kind of a short guy. Not short, but he's not the tallest guy you've seen. And I just think that Rick Story might be too big for Donald Cerrone and might pull off this upset. I think it's a pretty actually good, a good pick him. If you're going to bet on an underdog, I would bet on It's not Rick a bad Story. underdog pick. That's yeah. not at all. I mean... Rick's been doing all right lately. Just beat Gunner, beat Tarek Safadine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think he could surprise. He could actually surprise. Uh, and I think people are, you know, it's funny in MMA, you know, name recognition. Name recognition a lot of times people Carries go, oh, a lot. Carries a lot. By the way, there was a rumor that Front Row Brian tweeted that Chael Sonnen was going to yes. fight Nick Diaz <laughs> at Madison <laughs> Square that. Garden. Uh, I would love to see that fight. Yeah. I mean, sure, why not? That'd be badass. Bad matchup for Nick Diaz. Put that in EBI. So. What? EBI? In a, in a fight? They don't do fights in EBI. Did you get to? Yeah, but yeah. Oh, come on. Because it's not going to... What is Is that... Is Chael going to let that be a boxing match? Really? No, he's just going to grind him and grind him and grind him. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't ground and pound an EBI. So there's... Yeah, take, so, so take it out and make Chael actually grapple. No. Let's see what happens. No, 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 no. So you got Chael. I would pick Chael in that fight. He looks way bigger, though. Right? He is way bigger. Yeah. Yeah, he's been, he's, he's been sitting back and eating and not competing for a while. Of course he's bigger. But he's, he's in good shape, though. He's in really good shape. Yeah? Yeah, he's in really good shape. So, what's going on, Dad? You look bored. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> you, look, you look bored. No, he's just upset that I'm insulting his favorite fighter, Chael Sonnen. No, no, why are you upset? I like Chael Sonnen. You do? Yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah. yeah. But he hasn't fought in a long time, right? It's been a long time. Well, he was suspended for taking uh, well, saying, steroids. So, you know, Neither has Nick Diaz. He was suspended also. For marijuana, marijuana metabolites in a fought kangaroo recently. court. He, he, was he more recently than Chael. Yeah. He won. Uh, Nick, no, Nick's loss is Nick's last, last fight, I think, was the Anderson Silva fight, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. How long ago was that? Two years ago? Maybe oh, more? Yeah. 
So it was the first. Be. It was Anderson's first fight back after the leg break. Should be even. Yeah. It's probably I like be even. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Be a good fight. Yeah, I, I remember my dad used to come to my wrestling matches when I was a kid. He would drive eight hours to watch me wrestle. I would. I remember one time we did this uh, this trip out in the woods where, like, because I went to a school where you had to talk about your feelings and be a better person. But they did this like this in the middle of wrestling season. Went to Canada. Did this family retreat where me, him, and like six other families would hike all day. And it was and, a like, winter wilderness. Winter wilderness, and, and it was the worst storm. Ever. Ever. It was, uh, it was on Jackman Lake, which was on the border of Connecticut, uh, Ca- uh, Canada and Maine. It's where the terrorists tried to sneak. Did you know that? Oh, no. Yeah, it was, it's, it's so remote. This is where they picked to try and sneak across the Canadian border. That's how remote. So we did this thing where we like, talked about our feelings and been, like, you know, being... Uh, it was really good. It was really but first, good. first we had to carry, though. First we had to carry our food, remember? Of yeah, course we, were, I, we were out there for a week in tents. Carried across the lake. And, hike and across actually the you frozen. went out and bought so much stuff that you almost overheated. I was, yeah, because I knew how cold it was going to be. And I went out and bought Politech and uh, all these ski stuff. I don't ski and... Uh, <laughs> I had about six layers, and we had, a, we had a walk across this frozen lake that it snowed and it rained, so you didn't know if it was ice, slush, you didn't know where the next step. Or lake. Or lake. Or lake, yeah. Right, yeah. if you're going to go through it with winds. I saw, help me, guys, 60-mile-an-hour winds in our face with, with full pack, pulling a sled with, with water because you had to bring your own water in, you know. And everybody on this trip was a professional hike. That one guy ran the Boy Scouts in the entire world. Yeah. You know, so he was like, another guy uh, built tents f- in, in, for a living. Another guy, his name was Frost. That was his name. John, his name was Frost. His last name was Frost. That was his last name was Frost. Right, right. And, uh, and there I was, you know, almost with, with six layers of all this wool and God knows, and I'm sweating, you know, I'm saying, I thought I was never going to make it and I, I tell you, so I, I was thinking, I'm going to drop dead here in the middle of this worst snowstorm in the history of Maine and Canada. And he said, how did he die? And he said, overheating. <laughs> I said, that's going to be my, you know, oh, that's the guy who died from overheating in the middle of a tundra. We'd still make him, be making fun of that today if that had happened. Yeah, they'd still be talking about that. Be one of those stories. So that night, so I was there for a week and I went back to wrestling. I had a match that day against Morse. It was in Maine, our rival high school. We're like, we were the prep school and that was the high school. And there was like, History, 50 years of like kids in our school beating up townies or townies jumping, you know, these rich It was kids. a rivalry. It was a big rivalry. They hated it was us. The Yankees, it was Dodgers. Like, it was the outsiders. They would have signs saying, like, no hide kids on stores oh. and stuff because hide kids would go there and, you know, sell drugs. They would buy the drugs off the townies, this and that. Right? And all you ate for a week was wafers. Yeah, wafers. So that, that morning, uh, I wrestled a kid who was ranked number second in public school uh, in the state of Maine. And the guy, which is not the greatest wrestling state, but not, 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 definitely not the worst. But this guy, this kid just looked like, I mean, he had just pinned his last, like, 20 kids. And I remember being in the bathroom, and he goes to his friend. And it was like a quad match. It was four teams going on. And the other guy goes to him, how fast is that one? He's like, 12 seconds. Like, he pinned the kid in 12 seconds, and he, like, high-fived his buddy, right? So they didn't know about me. They, they didn't know that I was, they didn't know, like, we Anything about it? They thought we were some shitty school in 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 Maine. So I went out at that time. I was a three time defending Class A champion, and this kid was was solid. But I was able to just take him down, let him up, take him down, cut him. So I was just building up a lead. So I built up a lead to it was like I don't know fourteen to six or something, some kind of a, a, a thing. But I couldn't pin him. 
And I was so pissed that I didn't pin him, you know. And uh, at the end of the match, you know, I shook his hand. And the kid was stunned. His coach was stunned because this kid hadn't lost all year. And he was like, who the fuck is this kid that just beat our best kid who hadn't lost? And I was on the verge of tears because I didn't pin him. And I was, so I look at my dad, and my dad's like, are you okay? And, and I'm like, ah, I didn't pin him. And my dad got so angry at me. And so dis- he's like, are you kidding me? You just walked the fucking... I go, I know, but I didn't pin him, you know? And, and then I was like, yeah. This kid had legs. I swear to God, they're like oak trees, you know? One of those kids that, you know, was just solid from top to bottom. And I, you know, I, I thought Adam was going to get killed. because You wrestled Groot. Yeah, he, that's right. Or Shrek. Yeah. It was like, you know, and, and just, yeah. And he was upset that he didn't pin him. I said, what? Uh, what's, what's, what's... What is the worst wrestling the state? Uh, I'm going to say Delaware. That's my guess. The worst wrestling state is probably... Worst um, wrestling state? I don't know. I mean... Alaska. No, because they fight bears and salmon. I would probably say maybe Alaska. Just because there aren't that many schools, I would, I would assume... How many schools have wrestling? It's got to be the ones with the least amount of wrestling. Like, California is actually pretty good. I, thought, I didn't think it was good. New York is great because so many schools have it. Uh, New Hampshire is okay. Um, I feel like what's, a wimp, what's like a wimpy, hippy-dippy state? That's, that's why I want Delaware. It just seemed like Delaware would be a place where it's well, like... You go Rhode Island only on population. You figure if they got the least amount of people... Rhode Island? Well, they got yeah. the least amount of people, so they might have the least amount of wrestlers, right? Yeah. Per, per person. It's know. very possible. Maybe. I loved wrestling, man. It was just, you know, it was probably the most pure... Stand-up comedy and wrestling are the two most pure things that I've ever done in my life, whereas, you know, you, you tell a joke and you get a laugh, and there's really nothing... There's nothing in between you and the audience, there's, unless... You know, you're O.J. Simpson or something, and you come out, and like, they, no matter how funny the joke is, they, they know you did a mass murder. They're not going to laugh at you. It's just you and the crowd. Uh, when O.J. tells a joke, I laugh. Sometimes I don't, don't want to be next. Yeah. So, sometimes there is other factors, like you have to follow somebody that's just murdered or something, and, or a big celebrity came and then did an hour and a half. You know? But for the most part, it, it, it's you and the crowd. And the same thing was comedy. I mean, the same thing was, uh, was wrestling. It was like, if you were the best guy, you were going to win. I mean, there are times that, like, you know, a match was five to five and it was a close call and you could say that the ref gave it to some because it was a hometown. But normally, like, it shouldn't be that close anyway. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was a big deal when I was in junior, junior in high school because one of the kids, you know, all the, the coaches have to turn in their bracket sheet uh, at the end. They have to turn in, like, what happened in the match. And his best kid, one of the teams, I think it was Exeter or Tabor or Taft, their kid lost – and when they turned into the bracket sheet, they, they highlighted, like, you know, you know, let's say Glover beat McMillan, and they put an asterisk, bad officiating. Right? And then that just, like, and, and that set off a firestorm of, first of all, you know, you can't. It's an asterisk, yeah. You can't do that. You can't put bad no. officiating. Who wrote that? The coach did when he turned that's it in. Po- what coach? The, uh, One of the Exeter coaches. That's a sports the official wrote that. That's yeah. sportsmanship. Oh, terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of my, but, but well, my dad uh, was one, he was my coach as a kid, right? He was my my, my high school my, my my little league coach, and you were accused of throwing games. What would? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, look, I had the the, the, the horses didn't cover that week, and no, I, what happened I was, like a pair. I'll, I'll tell the story. So my dad figured out very that, prejudiced town. My dad figured out that if we lost, if we won, we were going to make the playoffs no matter what. Right. But if we win, we would actually you know, two play. Plays five, we would actually play a better four. team. One place than if we lost. Right. So he figured we'd have a better chance in the playoffs if we lost. So he would throw in like the worst players. 
And the other teams thought my dad was crazy for throwing in like the worst pitcher to well, pitch. Well, there was also a conflict with a soccer match. Remember? There was a soccer match, some tournament soccer match that was at 3 o'clock on that Saturday. And if we, if we won the game, we'd have to play at 3. And then it would be a choice. Would we go to soccer? Do we go to baseball? But if we lose the game, we could make the, we could, the, the baseball game would be at 11. So we could play the 11 o'clock baseball game and then go to soccer yeah. by three. So I wanted to get you to the soccer and the baseball, which would have meant... You but know, then they accused you of, of betting on the games. Yeah, which was ridiculous. Unlike I mean, 10-year-old baseball. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, who, where, do you, where do you go to? Was it a bowl? But you did kind of throw the game a little bit. But it wasn't yeah, for money. Yeah, but I wasn't. No, I wanted to get to the soccer <laughs> and the baseball. I wanted to get to both games. Yeah, but if I'm a parent, right? As a kid. And if I'm a parent and I want to win... And I know that the coaches... Well, we had it covered. We were in the playoffs, and we won the next game. It happened to be an easier game to win. Right. Remember? Because right. we did. Remember the guy? We had and we were, and we were six to one favorites, so that <laughs> was pretty good. Yeah. What, I, that, that, I'm not going to take that bet? So a parlay. So, Joe, Joe, the last time you were on the podcast, you said that you had had sex with a girl that was over a four. Not yeah. like four years old, but like, a, like a over a, from one to ten, a four. Yeah, I met her on a Tinder, of course, and you know they never turn out to be what they look like in the picture. And well, she, what does your picture look like? <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's of me with bandages all over my face from my surgery. But why did you do that? Because it's funny. Okay. Anyway, so so uh, I meet her. She's still. She's not what she looks like in the picture, but she's still really pretty. She right. might. She might weigh about fifty pounds heavier than the picture, but you know it's no big deal. But she is very pretty. That's the prettiest girl I've ever been with so far. Nice. Good. The second is the six-year-old. All right. Now How old are you? you? I'm twenty. Now, have you hooked yeah. up with anyone since then? No. Why not? It's hard. It's hard. I'm not a good-looking dude. Oh, you're like a good-looking you guy. Rich. You're a good-looking guy. You need confidence. It's not on my mind right now. What's on your mind? These fights. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. He reminds me of uh, Carson from uh, Ferris Bureau's Day Off. Mm, yes, a, a little bit. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yes. Cody Gar- Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt. I think is fighting Takaya Mizugaki. Uh, so Cody Garbrandt. I had heard, I had heard that got into a fight backstage with uh, with uh, Dominic Cruz after uh, the Uriah Faber fight. With, uh, like there was some kind of. Oh, I, I did hear some about some of that beef. Yeah. Yes, uh, and so um, yeah, so I had heard he got he got into a beef. So Dominic Cruz is saying that he that Garbrandt's been concussed a lot. He he mm-hmm. he would totally beat up Cody Garbrandt, embarrass him, calling him Faber's like kind of minion. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, I think, is going to wreck Mizugaki. I, I think you're on the right, right call I think there. they're trying to build him up, and I think it's a smart move. And they're trying to make that Dominic Cruz-Cody Garbrandt fight sort of like you beat Faber while well, the protege comes in and uh, you know, does that whole thing. And I think Garbrandt, you know, he was a state champ wrestler in high school. He was 30-0 and 0 or 30-1 and 1 as an Tremendous. amateur boxer. Uh, he's got everything. He has been knocked out as an amateur. Uh, it's on YouTube, but that could happen to anybody. It's and an amateur fight too. What do you mean by that? It's a whole different ball game in amateurs, man. Like the because especially since I don't know where he fought as amateurs, but most Ami fights are two to three minutes long, so that's a much weird and different pace. A lot of them have smaller cages, which force way more engagement and create le- way less opportunity for defense. 
And also, at that point, you're building your skill set. So you're going in there going like, okay, today I'm going to work on this thing. It's a whole different thing with amateur fights. And, and it's I've, also I've a, called like 200 of them, man. And it's, it's a, it's, you can't compare the two. And it's also a wake-up call, I believe. Sure. Where, you know, you think, oh, I'm, I know there are a lot of guys I've talked to. They're 9-0. They're 15-0. They get knocked out. They tell me, I never thought anyone could knock me out. I didn't think it was possible. I thought I had the greatest chin in the world. Where if you're one and zero as an amateur and you get knocked out, yeah, that's probably the best thing that could happen for you. Uh, if if you know, so. why? Why? Because then you know you can get knocked out. So you right. fight. You fight more careful. You you take less damage in the gym. You you know you you you, you just know. Now you know you're not Superman. So uh, I don't understand this fourth or the second fight on this pay per view card. Which is that Hyungu Lim and Mike Perry, who has no Wikipedia page. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I haven't. He's had Hung Yu Lim has had like five fights in the UFC. I've never seen the guy before. I, I don't know. I, I don't know about this UFC sale. To be honest, I, I don't know. I mean, I know people are, are are getting really behind the Michael Bisbing Dan Henderson fight. Yeah, I think that's such a joke. Uh, and I just think that he doesn't deserve a title shot. You can't take a guy. Yeah, it's, the, the it's number one guy so should the champions fight the number one guy every time. And if you, the number one guy's not around, fight the number two guy. Yeah. And you go to number three. But don't just give guys fights because people are going to watch them. No, that, that, I mean, that's one of those real fights that tells you the belt's just a piece of, a piece of hardware. That's all it is. It's just, a, it's just a stack of metal. And which is, I think, I think sucks. So Raquel Pennington, uh, I think she's going to win this fight against Liz Phillips. Too big, too strong, too but here, look, look how fucked up this card is. That there are, there are two fights in the pay-per-view that you've straight up skipped over to get to the prelims because these fights in the pay-per-view don't make that much sense. Uh, Tim Means. And Saba Homasi, who I don't, I don't know him either. <laughs> yeah, Tim Means, I'm happy to see him back, though. Uh, but you're right. It is a strange some guy fight. Out, some guy got in, getting pulled up from Titan FC. That's who Saba Humasi is. And then you have Neil Magny Lorenz Larkin on the, on the fight pass. That's crazy, right? And then you have... yeah. Young Yu Lim versus No Wikipedia Perry, and Colby Covington also should not be on Fight Pass. Covington's a solid guy. He's, I think he's nine and one. He's a great wrestler, good fighter, solid fighter. Beat as a one over Mike Pyle. I know he got stopped by the guy that War- I think Warley Alves stopped him early with a standing guillotine or something. But you know he's another guy. Yeah, it's weird, weird well, thing. Young Yu Lim just got knocked out by Neil Magny back in like May of last year. So how pissed off are you if you're Neil Magny that you're on the fight pass prelims, whereas this guy that you you put it on in, in his last fight is getting the pay per view? You know, there's something funny about this card. Like you, it's I would, weird. But even though like people aren't really talking about this card as much as you would think. I know well, they're talking only about Glover and Nate. Like Glover and Nate stuff is all over the place. I mean, Nate just did Jimmy Kimmel. Nate is, but but Connor's not. Connor's sorry, been, like Connor and Nate. Connor's been doing no press really. I think well, he was that's part of the thing, isn't it? It's part of the whole thing. Well, it? I think his thing is he did too much press last time. He couldn't focus on his fight. Right. He lost. He got embarrassed. This time he's like, "Fuck it, I'm not doing press." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's part of his thing. Yeah. yeah. Not good. <laughs> right. Not good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not good for the UFC. It's not good for pay-per-view buys. Probably not going to be it good for him. Good for him if he wins. Maybe not. If he, I think if I bet you're better off winning and doing less press than losing and doing a ton of press. I think yes. you're going to see an explosion Maybe. of yeah. press, and I know it's like going to be fight week or whatever. But I think that since he's going to be cooling down in the next week, you're going to see a whole bunch more stuff. You'll see a bunch of shit talking videos, and people are in the last four or five days going to be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm really excited about this fight." When Rather, is it? When does the sale final? That whole sale thing. You know, uh, I think it's already been finalized. Is all, so they already yeah. own it, or is it? 
They yeah, already, they are, yeah, they already so maybe it. that's part of it too. You know, they're sort of like shaking you know, the different kind of meetings and different who knows philosophies. And <laughs> as far as the as far as the fight card and, uh, right. and the promotion, you know, I mean, you got a new team. Now you uh, every time I'm always like team. that. Are you going to order the fight? You say I'm not spending sixty dollars on this. Yeah, because every time <laughs> I order it, I see some stupid fight where the guy gets knocked down in three seconds. I say, you know, I feel like you know seventy dollars. I don't need to spend the seventy bucks. I could go online and look blow by blow. There's all these great websites. Yeah, that tell you what's going on. Unless I don't know, it just but seems. But you're paying, so you you're paying for the juice. Very though. expensive, man. You're paying right. for the juice. You're paying for that moment. That what live. Moment? That that feeling of seeing it live—that's yeah. what you're paying for. And yeah. You get five yeah. Oh no, I get it. I get it. Listen, as you know, if, it's uh, if you're a fan, you, there's you, you pay you yeah, pay three times as much. But you know, you, you'll but pay. You, but you have med season pass. You have the baseball pass where you get every single Met game. I do. Every, I mean, that's every single one. All those exciting, you know, <laughs> pop flies and yeah. occasional and sometimes I'll, third. I'll catch you driving while watching the Mets. Maybe. Which I think is a terrible idea. Well, I don't drive while I'm... I listen to it while I... Oh, okay. Yeah, I listen to it. Yeah. No, I'm not going to drive watching... You were at the first Mets game ever. I was at the first, uh, first Mets game at Shea Stadium and the last Mets game at Shea Stadium. Oh. Yeah. And that's funny. That's awesome. same, my same friend, the same buddy from... Uh, but that's know, funny. He, said, he told me he was voted best looking in his high school, my dad, right? Yeah. yeah. But then he said if he had a zit, he wouldn't go to school. That's, I'm, I'm like, yeah, well, of course you'd be best looking if you go three times to school. <laughs> no, he was defending people, the title. <laughs> you know that line in the Beatles song, got to be good looking because he's so hard to see? Yeah. That's, that's the theory there. That's a, yeah, that's, that's they can't see you. It's like your. It's like you, that's your theory with uh, what is it? That match that with a Tinder or Tinder? Okay, like you kind of. What, what do you have on your face? You have. The, I bandaged on my face. Yeah, same my thing. Surgery. Okay, so yeah. same thing. It's, no, I thought no his theory deal. was just swipe right continuously. <laughs> that is, yeah. I've completely swiped right on every single woman in the twenty-five mile radius of my apartment. Great. Maybe you shouldn't have bandages on your face as your profile pic. I know and there's bloody funny. bandages too. I know so. it's funny to you, but. Have you got any I'm not taking it too serious. When I start to look for an actual girlfriend, I'll be taking it serious. One, one bandage at a time. Your dick is sitting there going like, hey, man, I don't have bandages on. Can you get this shit off your face? Because, yeah, <laughs> you're like, this is really hilarious. Maybe I'll attract a girl who likes to cut herself or whatever weird <laughs> shit she's into. I'm open to everything. Man. That's fine. That's Here, fine. Here's what you do. This is what I used to do, right? Joe's got it. I used to go, hey, you're really beautiful. We have a lot in common, right? Because mm-hmm. then girls go... They get, they get inquisitive. Oh, it's about me. They go, oh, what do we have in common? And then I would just copy and paste their profile pic and be like, we both like. And then, their profile yeah, pic? I mean, the profile, like, <laughs> their whole profile thing. Like we, both, yeah. we, like, we both like, I'm a southern girl from blah, 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 blah. And, then, and then they would, they would laugh. That's a, it's a good thing. to. That's well, hilarious. Joe has a much better strategy. What he does, he shows a picture of himself in bandages <laughs> and then goes, hey, here's all the knives that I own. And they're all laid out <laughs> on his bed collectively. That's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> now, where do you meet your wife? How did I meet? Uh, yeah. We met at Jewish summer camp as camp counselors. Really? Yeah. We didn't start dating then. Uh, she, I was dating somebody else, so she dated somebody else for a while, and then we met again at another camp years later, and then again we met up in Israel randomly, and then I finally got wise and dumped my ex, and I spent a few months being single and having fun. Now, you're and, at the comedy store almost every night. Yeah, I'm there like three, four nights a week. And, and what, from what hours? S- seven to two now, a lot of the times. And, really? and, and your wife yeah. is cool with this? Yeah. I got the good one. <laughs> Adam's face. You guys, you guys are all, yeah, sorry for all the rest of you guys, but I got the good one. How is, how is that possible? Does she want kids? Yeah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get started sooner rather than later. Good. Right. So, yeah, just she, she, she knew what she was signing up for when she started dating me, 
I gotta meet this girl. It's yeah. only four nights. She's super so cool. You got, Where four, can I meet right? this person? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, three four nights a week. Yeah, three or Does four. Does she ever nights. come to your shows? I try to keep her away from shows as much as possible. Like if, the, if, if, if there's a big one, or she hasn't seen me in a while, like okay, yeah, come out, check something out. But in general, it's like no, I don't want you to come here and hear me working like tweaking one word in a joke every other night. Does she keep kosher? It's more than I do. She doesn't eat shellfish. Doesn't she mixes? But that's because the meat and milk law is kind of a, a bullshit law. Um, but she doesn't eat shellfish. Doesn't eat pork. Stuff like that. Huh. She's more kosher than I do. I don't give a fuck. My girl would flip if I did that. If like, if you kept I, kosher? No, if, like eight hours a night. I was at the. I mean, I, it's well, kind of listen. I mean, not for nothing. You're going to be doing on the road. What? What? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So well, that's, that's at least he's in town. More than, at least he's in town, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And it's only three or four nights. It's yeah. not seven. Yeah, like so I like I have Fridays permanently off. Now, how pissed are you? Like sometimes when you're because you're a good comic and you see these and you're seeing people every day, yeah. and, and then you get these comics that like have a YouTube credit or something or have some heat. Vine, and, and then they show up and do ten minutes of shitty material. Uh, are you in the back punching something or? Uh, yes and no, because I mean I can't deny that that comes in and you sit there and go like, why is this? Why is this twenty two year old with nothing to say? Like able to able to get an agent manager booking all this stuff because they do a, a clipped up thing on YouTube. On the same side, I was never gonna be that guy. That was never gonna be me either way. So it's not like he took something from me specifically. So I'll go through those. I'll go through bouts. There's sometimes where I'm like, I'm so angry. God, I hate this billboard of this kid across. Like the Ondas always has some YouTube star on there, and it's always frustrating. And there are times when I look at guys like Bill Burr. I love his first album because his first album he has a joke about how he's 34 years old and still sleeping on a futon. And I'm like, I'm 32 and I have a bed. I'm beating Bill Burr and so at, at the moment in terms of where we were in our right, lives. Right. So, no, it's just I, I got I to gotta keep working hard and wait for my time. I remember I was in acting class with Bill Burr in New York. And uh, he, he like, did a scene. And the, hey, and the, Adam, you know. And, and the casting director was like, why have I not seen you? Like, what, what's going on? And then he's like, well, you know, I, I was in L.A. And I, I, I did comedy for like three years. And I booked the show Townies and Molly Ringwald. And uh, it got picked up for six episodes, and then he, he moved to L.A. and did nothing for three years and couldn't get an audition, nothing. Then he came back to New York and wanted to do the Apollo. That was his goal. Got dropped by his agent, dropped by his manager. Like, he had no manager, no agent, and she was helping him. The casting person was actually trying to help him. Like, and that's, where, that's where Bill Burr was. And to see Bill Burr from there to where he is now is just really kind of inspirational. Adam Hunter, he's a fella. Yeah. <laughs> So he's a yeah he's he's a good guy Bill Burr he's a, and he's a, and he's a he's a hard working dude really hard working guy yeah that was yeah. my best Bill Burr by the way I don't know if you guys caught on <laughs> yeah. how bad it was that. A, I thought that was I thought Bill Burr was here that's how good it was oh yeah I actually oh, was like wow did Bill Burr just show up you know Bill if you ever need someone to do your podcast for you because you're busy <laughs> all right you can write for him I know it's six forty five you gotta head out oh yeah I gotta get going yes Rich, I, gotta, I gotta go you. I gotta go do the store thanks man Rich, take care nice buddy pleasure 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 see you soon thank you Rich have a good all right, day so. Uh, yeah, it looks like we're not going to have Raquel. This guy says, I got a guy on standby who can, um, he's 135 going pro. Come on. Jesus. All right, well, so, I have a question what's that that? about the card. Yeah. So we have Artem Lob- Lobov. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's really good, that guy. He's really good? You think so? Did he lose his last couple fights? Uh, let's see right now. He oh. lost to Ryan Hall in the Ultimate Fighter. Okay. He's 12 and 12. Oh, the Russian Hammer. Yes, maybe he's... Uh, he trains with Connor. That's his big thing. He's always oh. with Connor riding around in the. Oh, you know what about him? He's always retweeting me. That's why I'm. That's why I, I, I'm actually. Re- no, he 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 he's fighting Chris Avila. He lost to Alex White. He lost to Ryan Hall in the finale. Yep. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean he's uh yeah. So what about him? Do you think he's gonna win? 
Against this dude who looks like Eddie Munster. It, do I think he's going to be? He looks like Eddie Munster. Yeah, dude, right here on the right looks like Eddie Munster in that picture. Wow. Uh, do I think he's going to win? Because he like sort of relies on his brute strength, Chris knockout Avila. power. Who, Chris Avila? No, it's Artem. A, is he fighting Chris Avila? Yeah, Artem versus Chris Delia. Chris Avila. Not Delia. Uh, he's this is his UFC pro. I've heard of him before. Yeah, he trains with the Diaz brothers. Uh, I oh, think cool. he, I think he's really good. So this is it's like Connor's boy versus Diaz's boy. That's who's, awesome. Who's yeah. favorite to win the fight? You know? I don't I know. Have no idea. I would I think know. it'd be uh, Artem. Artem being he's five and one. I mean, you five know, and two. five and two. You know, a lot of it is the other one's a journeyman. A, a lot of it right? is the first time in the UFC. That's a that's a big factor. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys are great. Their second, third, their fourth fight. It's that first fight. It's that 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 nerves. You know, it's not good. I can't even imagine. Other people, it's their first fight, and it goes the other way. Right. You know? It's like uh, when, you, when you face a pitcher that's a rookie, and nobody can get a hit off the guy, and you never saw him before, because yeah. they don't know what he's going to do, if he's serious. Sometimes. Uh, or, it, but that's, or he can get rocked, you know, and let nerves. Yeah, so it really depends. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that fight, though. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go. I mean, I, I might be able to get tickets. And I think it's harder for me now to get tickets for comps because uh, of the sale. Mm, my, my, that's my true. He's like, dude, we don't we don't have enough. They don't get tickets as much because of the. Yeah, the, 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 is, yeah. It, is it still hard to get tickets that are like in the very back nosebleeds? Because you know, you're, whenever you get tickets, you're always like in the first like five rows. Right? Yeah, that's what I. Those are the tickets that I want. You want the nosebleeders? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't want the nosebleeds. Are you crazy? But is it hard to get those from this? Probably not. You, you can probably can always get those. The problem is the company doesn't get those to get oh, to give yes, out. I was wondering. But those ones kind of suck because you're sitting there and you're just watching the, the monitor screen. the whole time. You're not even really watching the octagon. And I'd rather if I'm going to watch a monitor, I'd rather do it be at the comfort of my own home. Right. And there's like no live commentary in the stadium, right? That's what I love about watching UFC at home. We've got Joe Rogan, Mike Goldberg. Not so much Mike Goldberg. I like Joe Rogan. I like the live commentary telling me what's going on. Sometimes I don't like that though. There are times when I'm there. But where you kind of you make up your own mind. I know people that are they go to the fights and they get the headphones so they could hear Joe Rogan and them adopt, uh, talking about the fight. And I'm like, what are you it's guys, crazy? What yeah. are you guys doing? Right. Like you're at you can't just you make watch up it. your own mind. Yeah, you don't have to have someone tell you what you're watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you watch it then? <laughs> That's you might as well just listen. <laughs> right. I don't understand. What are you that? there? You know. But they yeah, do it. But yeah, they, they, ball they, games they, too. They're the listening to them. them. I can understand if they're if you're looking for yourself to be on the camera or something, you know, or yeah, after you caught a ball, you know, you, right. You want, why would you want to listen to someone else tell you what's going on while it's right in front of you? I agree. Exactly. Like, so it's that. annoying. I kind of one hundred percent annoying. I, I I don't understand that at all. That that's it's weird. It's it's part of that whole ADD thing. Yeah, because every time I go to a baseball game, there's some dude sitting next to me and he's playing the live radio feed right. while he's at the game. Yeah, it's, it's part of the. Weird. It's an bombardment of the senses. You yeah, know? it's pretty. So you got to. I think it's also you listen, don't want to think for watch. yourself too. That's sad, isn't it? I think is you need someone telling you what is going on. Right. Yeah. It's the uh, sheep generation. Is that what it is? Well, yeah, everybody's sheep. They're following sheep? something. You don't think there were sheep back then, though? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't so easy to get to the sheep because you didn't have, you know, the Internet and all these different ways of uh, phones. You know, we used to have to go in a phone booth to make a phone call. You didn't have a, you couldn't put it out of your pocket. You didn't have GPS. You had to actually follow, get a map follow directions now it's all Google you can find that you don't even need to see a doctor half the time yeah which I think is the scariest thing ever I think anytime I do WebMD 
They try to diagnose what I have. It's always a hundred times worse. It's never what it is. And it's helpful. It was I tell you something? Here's here's interesting. Your uh, whole uh, what do you call it? This operation you had, yeah. a- ACL operation. Yeah. We were, remember you were at the club Tuesday night, and we asked a bunch of people, and they said, "Oh, you, you won't drive for you won't be able to do this. Oh, you will be." Everybody was wrong. Yeah. Right? You went to the yeah. therapist and everybody was off. Everybody's wrong. If I think Google, the step, what, good foot good foot up, yeah, yeah, yeah. bad foot down, that's Google. I find that with pets, it's good. Yeah. Uh, whenever yeah, I go, like, why is my pet doing this? Right. And then a hundred people come up and then usually it's pretty right mm-hmm. on the money. Uh, okay. Maybe because people that are good pet owners will actually take the time to do that. <laughs> versus, <laughs> like, people you just, ra- if I randomly ask... Why is my pet doing this at the bar? I would get really stupid answers. Like, who but, wants a pet? Or yeah, something. but if you get isolated answers, but if people actually go out of their way to tell you that, they're probably good they, pet owners. And probably the same thing with, you know, whether I don't know. Wait, so are you going to keep the little black kitten? No, I, I actually wouldn't mind keeping it. I would keep all the kittens in the world if it was up to me. But, right. you know, we already have two. I already have two cats and a dog. And Bree has a cat. So now we're going to have three cats and a dog. And her cat is definitely not going to like these cats. I get, I get is it just a female? Tell. Female cat. Ooh. She doesn't like people or animals. Because you can't That's have terrible. two female cats. What are you so, going to do? Well, we're, when we live together, we're going to just do it. Last night, the cats were fighting. And we were going to... First, we were going to try to break... cat was here? No, my cats, the little mama, the new one, oh, the, the, the pregnant ones were fighting. Time. And Brie was trying to break it up. And it's going like, to be like Game of Thrones, your house. Because yeah, everybody's <laughs> going to have their own section. You have your cats are fighting each other. Bree's cats are going to come in and want to fight every cat. And they're going to... Man, now you got alliances. It's like Game of Thrones, by the way. It's like cat everybody's gangs got a different, in different parts of the apartment. I, you know, yeah. the thing is, I, I told... Uh, I, I think as I, I told her, I said you gotta let the cats fight. As, as, as much as you don't want them fighting, well, you're, you know you're like it's a fight. No, that's what my vet said. No, that's what my vet said. My really? vet, the vet told me, he yep. said he said, look, we, we, cats, they're not like dogs. They're not gonna just right. love each other. He's like he's like I've, I've, out of a hundred cats, he, all the cats he's ever dealt with, only one time he said there was two cats they became friends. It's always gonna be a fight, and you gotta let them work it out on their own. You separate them for a week. At first, you put one cat in the bathroom, get, put up something that smells like the other cat, put it in the bathroom, yada, yada. Wow. And then, so it gets used to the smell, and then you let him out. But we've done that with little mama for, she was in the bathroom for two months, right. pregnant. It wasn't like, right. so well, now she's we'll, protecting the baby. I think she's protecting the baby against the cat that only comes out at night. You know, it's like that. You, you have that one cat just. Carmen. You don't, I never even, I haven't seen the cat. Is that the orange ever. cat? Yeah, the orange cat. I saw that cat just dart from under uh, the couch in there. I've never seen that cat before. It scared <laughs> right. the crap out yeah. of me. Like, yeah, I know. It came cat? out of a drawer once. I was, I came in here. <laughs> Adam was on a road and I had to get something out of his apartment that he needed and I w- opened the drawer and his cat jumped out of the drawer and almost so scared the hell yeah. out of me, man. I didn't know what it was. I know. He told me that I was on the phone dying laughing. She, what happened was there was this cat that was in the, someone's backyard. The whole family was in the backyard. The whole family of wild cats, and the the neighbor was throwing rocks at the cats to get it out of the garden. So the cat was being abused in some ways. In other ways, it's like the woman has a garden. You want to get these fucking cats out of here. So I could see both sides of the situation. Sam, you don't you shouldn't throw rocks at animals. Maybe it was a pebble and it was exaggerated the story back to me. Yeah. So she's <laughs> like so she find the the girl takes the cats and brings them to the vet. The mom, the sister, and this one, Carmen. And she puts on Facebook, who, who I found this cat in the backyard, it's gonna die. I called the the, the 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 pound and I said, I want this cat. Wow. The guy goes, You don't want that cat. 
I go, what do you mean? He goes, this cat's dangerous. It's just because cats, it says, will strike. It's level f- at a f- one to five, five being the worst. It's like a three or four. I said, no, I want that cat. He goes, fine, you got to have the cat. So I go and I get the cat. The cat is skittish. Mm-hmm. She comes out. She wants her ass pet for like five minutes a day. She has, that's her thing. She puts her butt up to you. She wants you to pet. She purrs and she's done with you and she leaves. Uh-huh. But she's sweet. She, they, 10 minutes, they, sometimes she's, when it's just me and her, she's fine. And she kind of likes Frankie. She doesn't like this new one. So there's a, there's a whole female thing. Male cats are a lot nicer than female cats. Right. For some, some reason. Probably male people too, but... That's why I say cat fights. It's usually <laughs> girls, right? Yeah. Isn't that description? Right, exactly. Mm. Interesting. So yeah. right now you live in an apartment, and I can see it's kind of hard to have like 50 animals like you have in an apartment. But later on down the road when you're rich and you have a big house, do you think you're going to have just like an insane uh, amount of animals? Just, wow, yeah, yeah. I hope not. Yeah. Man. Come on. Yeah, of course. I, right? I think so. You have to. Really? Look, I... The, a zoo. To me, like, there's... People that have... They say there's a study that I'm just making up, but that if, if, if you have... <laughs> yeah, right. uh, yeah. If you have animals, you live longer. It's true. Uh, and you're happier. Yep. And the thing about animals is they love you unconditionally. Like mm-hmm. this Miles was next to me the whole time. I mean, right. the whole time I was sick. Did not leave my side. Yeah. Uh, he knew I was sick. This cat last night, part of the reason I couldn't sleep because she was up on me. He was on my chest. This Frankie. Yeah, Frankie. You know, like... He, the animals are just the best. Right. I, that's, why, that's why when you see like Michael Vick dog fighting or this other kid, totally Dan Swift was dog fighting, you, you know, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get sport hunting. I don't get it. I, don't, I, understand, I understand food hunting. I don't even fish anymore. Really? Yeah. What's worse is uh, breeding a, an animal, like just one, like a female dog and just keep breeding that same dog over and over again because what happens is their nipples they stretch all the way down to the floor and they don't suck back up so this dog I was at the pound and I saw right. this dog and its nipples were like dragging on the floor because it had bred, been bred mm-hmm. so many times right uh, yeah, that's right. it's terrible uh, yeah, yeah with did, fishing did, did it remind you of that six year old you had sex with exactly yes so that's why it's terrible <laughs> what were you saying I was saying with, with fishing I used to love to fish but then I saw a cartoon once and there's a guy on the beach Lying on a beach, in a, in a beach chair, eating a big, you know, just lying on a beach chair. And there's this fish in the ocean with a rod with a tuna fish sandwich in, on a, on a yeah. hook in front of the guy lying there. I'm saying, well, yeah, right. What, why bother that, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you have to eat, no, I, you know, I mean, that's, that's making a meal, but. Yeah, no, it's true. I understand for eating. They and say it doesn't hurt the fish from always flapping around. I mean, but I just think there's enough food out there where you don't have to go hunt your own. Yeah, that's good. People, other people say, well, you know, it's just it's to actually better that way that the cattle aren't, you know, tortured. And this, you know, I end up, the, the hunters will defend hunting forever, and I have no problem with hunting if you're going to eat it. But sport hunting, if you're hunting a bear, if you're hunting, you know, something to get a, a, a head on your wall. An or elephant. An or elephant. Like, even, or the, like the, even like the, the, uh, the uh, Trump sons. Donald Trump's kids. Yeah, what do you, yeah, terrible. And like, like a cheetah or something? Something where they went to like Africa right, and did they, some safari. Yeah, they killed a big crocodile. They killed an elephant. He had a, he was holding the elephant tail. Yeah, and these guys are on ESP, are not, Leopard. and they're on Fox News and they're on CNN and you want to listen to what these guys have to say, but I just can't Ted keep, Nugent. I just can't keep, yeah, that guy's another and guy. Squirrels. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. Amboy Dukes. The Amboy Dukes. I don't get it. It's not my thing. That's, I don't like him freaking sport hunting. It's like, what's the point, man? You're going to hang it up on the... Like the scene from Ace Ventura when he goes into the big room and there's like all like the animal heads all yeah. over and he just has like a heart attack. That's like that's <laughs> how I feel. Like It's my favorite movie because That was a great movie. Yeah, you relate to him so much. It's, such it's an funny. I actually lover. did a, sh- a comedy show in, uh, in Texas. I did the comedy strip and, he, and I was talking to Bart, the owner, and he's like, I go, who are some of the biggest guys you ever had here? And he's like, he had Jim Carrey. 
do comedy there. Mm. And, he, and Jim was telling him, yeah, I got this new movie coming out. I think it's going to be big. He said, what's it called? It goes Ace Ventura. I think people are going to like it. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> look, look how big that was, you know? One of the funniest scenes in cinematic history is the rhino scene when he's coming out of the that, electric rhino. I watched that about a year ago, and I cried laughing. <laughs> I was crying. Like, I, I had to pause it. Like I, I was laughing so hard. It's ridiculous. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. To, to this day. Like, it makes, the movie's good. It's an underrated movie. I think one of those things, the first one was so good that the second one couldn't be as good, but it was still good. But it's still, like, those... I have a philosophy on comedic actors that when you're still doing comedy, when you're a comedian and you're doing stand-up comedy, you have you in front of an audience. And yeah, they're going to give you respect if you're on TV, but you have to make them laugh, Mm -hmm. especially if you're going up there with, like, heavy hitters. And there's a certain humbleness and a certain insecurity and a certain uh, down-to-earthness, let's say, that you're going to have because you have to impress them every day. And you get these, these comedians that become stars. And then when they become actors, and they're still doing stand-up comedy in the beginning, their comics are, their, their movies are amazing. Look at Adam Sandler, Eddie Murphy, Jim Carrey. Uh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. I mean, it's just, just this, you know, oh my God, this is the funniest guy ever. And then they, Kevin start, Hart. Then they start doing movies. Well, Kevin Hart's still doing stand-up. And then they start doing movies. And they don't want to go back to stand-up. Because mm-hmm. why would you? You're getting, I mean, you could do tours and theaters and stuff, but if you're getting five million or ten million or twenty million, let's put Martin Lawrence in this category too. Uh, versus you're getting okay, you're getting door deals or whatever you're doing, but you're not starting with that. You got to start from scratch. So you're going to sh- shitty comedy clubs or the smaller comedy clubs, and then you're not as fun. They go fuck the stand up. I'll just become a movie star, and then you're around people that are basically paid to laugh at you. They're yes men. They're, 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 their job is to make you feel good about yourself. And you're in a room and you're pitching an idea and they go, oh, that's great, that's great, that's great. But you're not getting the person who works every day who you have to connect with. You're not getting your audience telling you whether something's good or not. Right. And slowly, their movies are not as funny as when they were still doing stand-up comedy. And also, when yeah, you're movies, movie are they comedy? Well, they're comedy now. They're not doing comedy anymore. Oh, so, you, so their, their, movies their movies fall. Their movies fall too because they're not on stage. Connecting. They're not connecting. They're right. not. They don't have their mm-hmm. pulse on what's really funny. And I think Jim Carrey falls into that, ca- that category. Uh, Jim Carrey's first movies: Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, uh, Me Myself and Irene was was good. The Mask. Uh, the Mask. Mask he was, was still doing stand up back then. Yeah. Not was, as much, yeah, but he was still doing stand up, and it was it was amazing. When Martin Lawrence was still doing stand-up, and you look at... He was doing the show Martin, and he was doing, uh, you know, Def Comedy Jam, and he was doing... Even his first couple movies, he was hilarious. Uh, Adam Sandler was still doing stand-up in the beginning. He was on Saturday Night Live, okay, which... Even that is, is another boot camp of comedy. And The Wedding Singer, Happy Gilmore, uh, Billy Madison... Hilarious. Water boy. Yeah. Then, then he's the water boy. Then he stops and he starts doing these like little Nikki, Jenna, Jenny, Jennifer Aniston, romantic kind. You're like, Ugh. Mm, interesting, interesting. And I, I just, I think it's because you're, uh, you're not as hungry. You don't have that eye of the tiger, and you also don't have the people telling you, no, it's not funny. And, and you don't, and that's that, that sucks. That's the hardest part of it. You know, you have. I saw one time, uh, a comedian go on stage and. 
he was like not getting laughs. He's like, hey, but I'm in movies. And someone's like, but your movies suck. That's <laughs> funny. You know, uh, and that humbles you, but that makes you funnier. I'll never forget. I did The Tonight Show. First time I did it, the next day I was on a cruise ship. The next day. And I go on the next night and a joke bombs and I tell the crowd, uh, hey, just so you know, I did that joke on a, last night on <laughs> Leno. Yeah. And some lady in the crowd goes, That's I funny. didn't laugh then either. <laughs> so, so, I mean, but there's something very funny about that failing. And when you stop failing and you stop having people connecting with people, it's like you're not as funny. And then there are people that maybe they would have been moved, moved bigger movie stars if they had not been so into comedy. I mean, you know, David... Well, Dave Attell is like a, you know, a comedy, just a fucking workhorse, and mm-hmm. some of these other guys. The rare, yeah, I mean, if like there are like a Woody Allen movie, when you see the, the guys who write the movies, a stand-up comic who actually sits down and writes the movie, yeah, which is a, I don't know how many people do that. Dan Aykroyd, does Dan Aykroyd do it? Woody Allen does it. Cause yeah, when, when you see his movie, you're seeing him do stand-up through the dialogue. Yeah. Now, if he could go back on stage. If he'd want to, for instance, and do a, you know, he probably can't because he's got so much shit going on with yeah. the Mia Farrow and all that stuff. But you know, assuming that that he had an audience and he could go back on stage and do his dialogue through his movie and do the stand-up, that would be exceptional. That's that's the mark. You know, well, right? I mean, that's kind of what Judd Apatow is doing right now. Kind of, you know, he's doing stand-up comedy every night and. I think his movies probably get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he writes or just produces and directs? Does he, he actually write the movie? He, he uh, directs it. I think he writes some of them, too. Yeah. If he, uh, if he writes it, you can see the writing of his stand-up in his movie. That's, but it's also a drug. I mean, it's a drug. I mean, you get on stage and you have people laughing at you. and Yeah. And it's such a drug. But, yeah. I mean, you know, like uh, someone like Seinfeld probably could have been a – I mean, he could have had – He still does once in a while. He'll go out and No, do he does tours. stand-up all the time. Yeah. But, uh, but he probably could have – like a lot of comics, a lot of actors, they sacrifice how good of a, a comedy they could have been right. because of the acting. Where he'd be the opposite in some ways. Sacrificing the show, the movie, because, the uh, TV career, right? For stand up, right? Which unless he just wanted to keep doing it, which is no why? Why do it? First of no, all, everybody well, in that show is a superstar now. I mean, Elaine has got. Well, that's and, his whole thing. Is like he's. I, I think he just loves stand up. And wanted to become right, and he does know. this thing in cars, yeah. which is which is he likes to do it, obviously, you right. know. And he had the president, he did, then he had Obama in a car. I mean, yeah. so he's, he's his shows, he's having fun. Also, know. when you become a big movie star and you start off doing stand up, you can't just stick around, just go to the ha ha, go to the ice house, go to the improv, and just be happy there. You're gonna have people telling you, dude, you have thousands and thousands of fans. You got to do arenas now, and I think there comes some. Uh, I think it depends. I mean, like at the haha, we see Damon Wayans there every, all the time. Yeah, uh, he's a big, very funny. And he's one of the funniest. I think he's one of the most underrated comedians. That he, bit he does about his, his his father named him the same name. No, that's Damon Junior. I'm oh, saying no. Damon Senior. Oh, Damon Junior is really funny too. He's hilarious. But They're his father, funny. his father, he does the whole thing about Magic Johnson's son, <laughs> and he talked about how 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 gay Magic Johnson's son is, and he was like, and he was saying how. It must have been hard, like, as a kid, you know, you're Matt Johnson, your son is like, and he has a show called EJ in the City, which is a real, which is, yeah, which on E now. And he's like, he'd go, he'd be at a party, be like, hey, you know, I'm magic. And the kid would be like, and I'm voila. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is so funny. Wayans is hilarious. Damon Wayans is one of the most underappreciated comedians out there. I mean, he's really funny. Uh, yeah. Julia's funny too. 
The, the, the stuff he talks about where how he his father got divorced from his mom. Yeah. And he named, but he has to be named after his father. So every time his mother gets pissed at his father, she's got to look at him. And, yeah. You know, and, and he looks growing like up dad. like that. Yeah. yeah. He looks yeah. like his dad on top. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good stuff. It is. It is good stuff. Did you see this? I'm going to bring this all back to UFC. I'm right. sorry. Okay. All right. Did you see the new CM Punk? documentary type thing they're doing it's like a special thing made by the UFC I might watch that but only under protest do you think it's kind of weird that they're making this big thing about him when they're not really focusing on his opponent this young kid Mickey Gall well no one's gonna watch that if you have the, the road to Mickey Gall I mean I don't think maybe Mickey Gall's family will watch it I think I just think the Mickey Gall story is way cooler than the CM Punk story this it is but CM Punk dude. has like two Five million followers on Instagram and or on Twitter, and and that they only signed it because of his name, right? You know, I, I, look, I give the guy a lot of credit. The guy was a professional wrestler, made a ton of money, had a great career, just kind of gave it all up to try to actually become a, a fighter. I just think it's too late. I think it's too late. Mm-hmm. He's forty years old. What is he doing? It's a, it's it's a, it's a it really undercuts. It really under. Uh, values the product i think because it's saying okay if you have enough money and fans you can become a ufc fighter not if you have enough skill Mm -hmm. because he didn't get there by skill he had zero amateur fights he's had no pro fights and you know the lakers are not gonna let fucking stone cold steve austin play center because he has a lot of twitter followers Mm -hmm. and he shouldn't be he should not be able to get this because of his name it it to me, I understand you're doing it for money. You want more eyeballs on it. You want UFC, you want WWE people to cross over and say, hey, you know, wow, look at that. And then once they get hooked on it once, they'll still watch it. It's a huge fan base. At the same time, I think it, it undervalues. And it, if I'm a fighter, I'm pissed off. And I, You're a purist. Yeah, absolutely. So you think Brock sort of gets a slight pass just because of his wrestling background, like his actual real wrestling He was a background. two-time national yeah. champion. He was a great wrestler. He was in high school. He was a phenom, and he didn't just go right to the UFC. He had, a, I think, he had a, a fight in Strikeforce first or something, or he had a fight in one of, in Elite XC. He had some fight before the UFC. He fought some Asian dude. I think maybe it was Hong Mon Choi or it wasn't. It was fought somebody. He didn't. Just, it wasn't his first fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have a ton of experience, but he's still a wrestler. So he still had a, a martial arts background. Right. And to me, it's like saying. Okay, and the Laugh Factory does it. The Laugh Factory or the Improv, they'll put up a guy with a billion Twitter followers. So I see it, but I understand if it's one-off on... (laughs) This is the biggest stage in the world for fighting, Mm -hmm. the UFC, and you shouldn't be able to cut every line because of your name. Mm -hmm. You should be able to get there because of your fight skill, and he has not proven that he has the skill to make the UFC. And no one's really seen him fight, right? In Nobody. And, and people that I know that train with him say it doesn't look very good. He gets beat up by guys that are not even that weren't even RFA guys or you know CFA guys. Or he, it's, he's not looking good. Supposedly in simulated fights, he went one in twenty against non UFC fighters. Or but other people say he's good. Other people that he trains with say the guy's really good. But well, he trains I, with. Yeah, but am I going to watch it? Sure. Am I happy for Mickey Gall who gets to fight him? Sure, but if Mickey Gall, if CM Punk wins against Mickey Gall, ugh. Uh, I mean, you know. But you know, who cares? Right. It's a weird fight. It's a whole weird situation. It, you it, know? It, it, to me, it, 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 hey, Tisha Torres. This is uh, this is Adam Hunter. How's it going? 
Oh, hi, Adam. Hey, Why you're on so private number. You're on the MA Roasted podcast. <laughs> I'm at a painting class right now, Adam. Are you really? I just wanted to say hello and uh, hi. I think you're an Am awesome I really fighter. Right now? What? Am I really online right now? Yeah, yeah, but I could actually take it off if you if you, if you want me to. Oh, no, that's fine. I don't care. Here, say hi to Raquel Pennington. Oh, well, that's the thing. We were, we were, hey, Raquel Pennington. Like he's, he's like a, hey, how's it going? Hey, we're supposed, you're supposed to be on the podcast on, right, now, on right now. And, and, and you, I, I've called you five times. Where have you been? I don't have any calls. Yeah, you do. Check your check your phone. I, I, I called the... Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I have zero calls. I called the 719 number. 641. I'm not going to say the next four. Yeah, don't say the next one. <laughs> no, I'm not saying the next four. But your manager hooked it up and said that you had you're going to be on the podcast today. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was how, down for that. Oh, uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking oh, okay. forward to your fight, uh, UFC 202. I'm putting money on you. I, I think you got this. That's a good choice. Yeah. I, 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 are you ready? Are you prepped? Are you excited or what? Hell yeah, I'm excited. Is this the biggest stage? You think is this the biggest fight you, you've, you've had? One of, one of the biggest? Probably the Holly Holm one, but it's up there. Um, you know, I think it's just a pretty good card. Uh, but as far as the biggest fight, no, it's not that. It's not the biggest one. It's I think a great you, opportunity. I think you are the dark horse of the division. I think you are a girl. You know, you've, you beat Betch Kahea. You beat Jessica Andrade. Uh, you arguably beat Holly Holm, a very close fight. You beat Ashley Ev- Evans. I think people are overlooking you. Uh, it's always been that way. Why That's is okay, that? Though. Um, just kind of a dark horse in women's MMA. Yeah, I think, and plus you're hot. I, I know that you like. <laughs> I know that you like chicks. I know you're more of a into girls, but still, you know, I, I think that. Uh, I, I think they could market you better. So. Uh, how? Uh, yeah. What? How can they market me better? Yeah. How can they market you better? I don't know. I think the best bet would just be stop underestimating me. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll just keep proving myself one way or the other. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be good. Uh, do you see this fight with, with uh, Phillips being more on the ground, a grappling contest, or a stand-up war? Um, you know, I mean, she goes either way. I've seen fights where she goes to the ground. I've seen fights where she stand up. Uh, I don't really care. A lot of people haven't got to see my ground game, and... Um, so that'll be an exciting show if that's where it happens to go. Um, I'm just prepared in all areas. Now, are you an American top team now? No, I'm in Colorado. Oh, so you flew in Tisha? No, Tisha's up here visiting me. Ah, got it. Now, I remember the one time I saw you at a party, you were macking, you had all the bitches around you, uh, tons of chicks. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm telling you, you were, you were running shop. Um, is it still that way? Are you, are you more settled down now? You got a girlfriend? What's the deal? Uh, more settled down. I don't know what kind of party you were talking about. All right. I just kind of made that up. You're putting me on blast. I, I'm putting not putting on you on blast. I'm not putting... So who's this girl? Who's what girl? Like you, do, you, do you have a, a, a girlfriend now? Or are you single or what? I'm just settled down. <laughs> just focusing on fighting. Focusing on myself. All right, all right, okay, that's a good answer. All right, so let's let's run through the card with you. All right, uh, Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. Who do you think wins? I'm gonna go with Diaz. Hmm. How? Um, 
I don't know. <laughs> All right, good analysis so far. All right, what about Glover Teixeira versus Anthony Johnson? Teixeira versus Anthony Johnson? Yeah. Teixeira. You think Glover's going to win, really? How? Why? I'm just a fan, <laughs> so I'm choosing him. <laughs> oh, gotcha, because you're a fan. Gotcha. Now, uh, today on the underground, it said Juliana Pena fat shame Ronda Rousey by saying she has fat arms. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think she should probably stop criticizing other people. Hmm. That was very nice of you. Uh, is that a fight that you want? So after, if, if, you, if you beat Liz Phillips, who are you calling out? Pena. Are you calling out Pena? Oh, shots She's a fired. fighter. I've wanted since the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That'd be a good fight. That'd be a good fight. Who do you think win, Pena or uh, Nunez? Um, I think it'll be a good fight. I'm leaning towards Amanda, but uh, I think it would definitely be a tough fight. Um, she would need the cardio for that fight. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good. That is a good fight. That's a solid fight. I think um, Nunez might be the hardest hitter in your division. Uh, aside from she's a hard hitter and she's a uh, pretty dangerous in the first round, but um, after that, once you get past that first round, then uh, it's free game. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Uh, Rick Story, Donald Cerrone. Cerrone, he's hmm. my buddy. Why is that? I said Cerrone. He's my buddy. Oh, he's your buddy. So you're just picking your buddies, yeah. not versus who you think's gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Random Marcos versus Casey. Courtney Casey. Uh, I'm going to go with Randa. I think she's a solid fighter. Yeah. She has a lot of heart. She is. I like Randa. <laughs> now, is Randa your kind of girl, or you like more, uh, do you like more like, like, like butchy kind of girls or more into lipstick girls, small girls? What's, what's a Raquel Pennington type chick? I like feminine girls, but yet athletic and chill, where they can just throw up their hair and throw on a hoodie and go. They don't got to spend five hours getting ready. Me too. I mean, I think we have the same taste in chicks. We should double date. I got engaged, by the way. You did? Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. So she's, so, she's off limits, so I'm, I'm keeping her away from you. Cause I, like, <laughs> I, I know how you like to turn chicks, and just so you know. No, whatever. Now, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be in Vegas next week. I have shows... Monday through Sunday at the Stratosphere. When, when are you going to town? Uh, I'll be there Tuesday. Well, when you, well Tuesday night, want to come to my show? Uh, yeah, let's do that. 8 o'clock at the Stratosphere. I will comp you and all your chicks. So it's going to be you and all these feminine girls with their That's hair like, up, right? You just, want me, you just want me to bring the ladies to your No, show. no, I got a girlfriend. I'm totally out of Dad, do you have any questions for Kel Pennington? <laughs> No, I, um, I, I hope you win. I really do. Why is that? Thank you. I appreciate you sound it. Like a, you sound like a beautiful, beautiful lady, and uh, I'm glad you, we found you. It was not easy finding you. We, Adam called you five <laughs> times. I, how, did it, how, did, how did we find uh, like you? Because like she called Tisha. She was with Tisha. But how did you, did you know that? Did you no, know? No, I didn't know. Were you guys just doing your research to know that I'm with Tisha? Or uh, what? Yeah, I knew that you were hanging out with Tisha. I like, knew that you guys what were a lucky, together. That's a lucky, <laughs> it's amazing. Right? Think about that. It is really crazy. Yeah, Tisha, Tisha, how, how are you doing, Tisha? How do I know Tisha? No, how are you, Tisha? Is Tisha on the phone now? Oh, you want to talk to Tisha? Yeah, thank you, Raquel. Good luck in your fight. I'll see you on Tuesday. Thank, thank you, I appreciate it. We'll see you Tuesday. Bye. Thank you.
Hey, Tisha. By the way, Tisha Torres, if you guys don't know, when she is Hi. when she goes out, she is a showstopper. I mean, I, I see guys, they're drooling over you, Tisha. Drooling. Oh, yeah. thank you. You do very good. You have very bad taste in men, but... but um, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm Why kidding. do you say that? I'm right? kidding. She came with her boyfriend on my show. He happened okay. to be a very nice guy. Okay. Or her ex-boyfriend. So, uh, Tisha, ex-boyfriend. now you were just in school, right? What, now, you just got some kind of degree or something? What happened? No, I'm still in school. I just uh, finished my summer session. I'm going to start my fall session in like two weeks. And what are you, what are you studying? I'm getting my master's in criminology. Master's in criminology. Now, it was crazy because yeah. your last fight, they were like, yeah, she had her final last night. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You, you're a professional athlete. You're fighting the, the best fighters in the world. And then you were studying for the finals the night before. You think maybe you're doing too much? No, no. I did, that fight was just, eh, it wasn't my best fight. But it wasn't because of the school. I was training really hard for it. So Yeah. Now you look, but I mean, it was it was it was a, t- a close, tough fight. You know, you always yeah. even your losses are very very close. Uh, your wins you usually beat the shit out of people. Like I was at one of your wins, like the, the crowd was throwing in the towel. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you, you you are Tisha. Who, who do you want to fight next, Tisha? Um, I don't know. I I saw the whole Waterson. You know, doesn't have an opponent, so I'm up for that one in Germany in a few weeks. Michelle but, Waterson. Uh, okay. If not. Yeah, if not, I'd like to probably fight someone like Carla or Penny. Now, are you um? Somebody, so you want to fight name? Michelle on two weeks' notice? Is that is, is that a, is that a solid? I will, I, I will fight her. All right, should we put that out there? Should we put that like on blast on Twitter? If you want, I've already yep. done it. All right, good. That'll be good news. That'll be good news. Uh, now, are you currently single? Or you have a boyfriend? What? Are you currently single, or do you have a boyfriend? Oh, um, I'm content. <laughs> I'm content. <laughs> what the fuck kind of answers are these? I'm content. Oh, good news I don't know. for me. Are you? Are you? Um. Are you? Do you have a show this week? I do. I'm going to be in Vegas uh-huh. all this week at the Stratosphere. I would love for you to come. Always love when you come. I got all new material. I know. Uh, oh. Good. <laughs> I got all new material. Uh, I some new material. Come. I actually. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be on crutches though because I tore my ACL. So I had surgery last week. Oh, yeah, week. I did see that. Yeah, so I'm doing my shows on crutches. Any advice? Didn't you have an ACL tear? No, thank God. No, not me. We have a few girls at my gym, though, but not me. Um, any advice? Advice? I don't know. Stay <laughs> off it. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. It's great advice. Um, Tisha Torres. So I was not expecting to ha- you to pick up, but I'm very happy that you did. Uh, so you're content. You're in Colorado. You're training with Raquel Pennington. How, how's, how's your weight? I mean, would you be able to make 115 by, uh, in two weeks? Yeah, yeah. I walk at 125, so yeah. Oh, that's easy. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. But no, um, yeah, I answered my phone because I thought you were my mom. My mom calls. With, uh, she has a number block. That's why I was like, hello, like, like what do you want? <laughs> I thought you were my mom. No, I, was, I was definitely not your mom. So, I'm sorry I like your that. mom, though. Your, your mom has a neck tattoo. So... She does have neck tattoos. You remember that. You'll remember that always. I have a good memory. I have a very. Uh, you, your mom has gold teeth and neck too, and is still very attractive. And oh, she, you know what? Congratulations to you. I haven't said congratulations in person. I don't think yet to your new engagement. Oh, thank you. I, I know you're very upset about this. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I am. I was, I was kicking myself in the butt. Uh, nice. Not jumping first. As long as you tape it and send it to me, I want to see those videos. Um, <laughs> Now, 
Now, who's the, who's the girl to beat Joanna? Aside from you. To beat, to beat Joanna? Yeah. Who can beat her, you're saying? Yeah. Oh, I think, I think, I think Claudia can beat her. Just, she just has to play her cards right. But I think, you know, there, there's a, a way to fight her to beat her. I don't think she's invincible, but she definitely is an amazing fighter and somebody that I'm a fan of as well. Yeah, no, she's a... Uh, that Claudia fight was so close. I feel like you, uh, Claudia, Joanna, uh, that Polish girl, uh, I feel mm-hmm. like you guys, there's like you guys and then there's like the rest, you know? Uh, <laughs> although, uh, if other people were on the phone, I would say that the, I would include them in that too. Um, <laughs> now, who, do you think, who, who do you think wins? Uh, who do you think wins? Rowdy Beck or Paige Van Zandt? You know what? I think that's a winnable fight for both of them, and I think that the UFC did the right thing with uh, giving Paige that fight. You know, they don't want to see her lose again, and she can definitely beat uh, Beck, but with that said, Beck can definitely beat Paige, so I don't know. I, I, I think Beck can hurt her. I think Beck hits harder than most people think. Oh, I fought her, so yeah, she does hit hard. Yeah. But I have to go, because our pitting class is finishing. Okay, finish your class. See you guys next week. Thank the both All of you. Right, Raquel, you good luck. Win this fight. I'm putting money on I you. Okay? Uh, okay? I'm putting money I'll on you to win. And Tisha, thank you. All right. Take care. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. What she- are the odds <laughs> calling <laughs> Tisha? You know they were going to be in the, se- they were in the gym now? I, yeah, they're both in the gym. I knew they were training together. Oh, you did know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's somebody great. tweeted me, why don't you get great. Tisha on the phone, too? That's awesome. So, yeah, we got both of them on. Both nice. very beautiful girls. Yeah, really. Yeah. Fun. One might be single. We don't know yet. Yes. Maybe send her that picture of you with the bandages. That's what I'm. Th- I was. I wanted to ask her. I'm looking for a new sugar mama because you know I, I like older women. Yeah. You know she's obviously very young, but I'm looking for someone who can take care of me. Yeah. No, you're not. And who will Are give really? me? Yeah. Why come not? On, c- come on. You don't need that. I mean, I'm not good looking like every you're other. You're a good looking guy. You're a hard working dude. You don't need a sugar mama. Come on. I need someone to buy me video games and candy. Oh God. What are you, CB Gold the <laughs> third? CB, uh, uh, CB Platinum. We yeah. had CB Copper, CB Platinum. So, uh, no, you don't need that. But uh, it, it, but it is kind of sad. In some, I, I'm really happy that she's getting her degree in criminology, and that's great that she's Absolutely. bettering herself. Uh, At the same time, great. It, it's something that can be said, though. When you've got a fight on Saturday and you've got a final on Wednesday, well, I just think Maybe she's got it covered, you know? I mean, Babe Ruth you know, used to go out drinking the nights before. He come, come, hit three home runs in a game, right? You always use that analogy, but that was when there was no black people playing. Uh, there was no Dominicans, pitchers. Yeah, 60 uh, home runs one year, and the, the guy came in second at three. Really? Something like that. No, he did it. Seven, maybe. <laughs> no, there weren't any steroids. Oh, yeah, it was under there 10. No steroids. No steroids. No. But he wouldn't, if Babe Ruth was around today, he wouldn't dominate the way he did. Sure, he'd probably have about 180 home runs. No, no, come on. There were no black people back 60 then. 60 to 3. There were no minorities in the There were only eight then. teams. There were 12 teams. Maybe... You know, I'm sure there was guys in the, in, the, in the, they called them the Negro leagues. There were black yeah, players who also had 60 home runs and betting to a guy. Yeah, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, Ruth didn't, didn't know, face those pitchers. I don't know that it would have made much of a difference when you think about 60 home runs and the second came in seven. That's like a fighter, you know, never go, never. It's like when Ronda Rousey knocked out everybody in, in nine seconds. Yeah. If she had done that for 10 years. Where would she be? Right. That's sort of similar. Yeah, but that's, I, I think you're kind of making my point is that people are, have evolved yeah, since then. Yeah, people have evolved. You know, and think time. about Ronda Rousey. She was using one skill set that was so much better than everyone else. 
rather than keep using that skill set and sort of working her way around it, yeah, she decided that she was going to be the best boxer in the world and just got murdered by a boxer. They and say it's bad coaching. They say give you know give me give me the person who's done a thousand things once rather than someone who's done. A thousand no, I'm sorry Give me somebody Who's done one thing A thousand times I know Bruce Lee said that Better than a yeah. thousand times Yeah Bruce yeah. Lee He's right He's right That's yeah. what you're saying And she should have stayed With what the arm bar right She should have stayed With what she was The judo Judo, the judo. I mean And she should have Worked her way around her, her judo Versus like She had a boxing trainer that was not a, and she didn't have a right camp. But this is all yeah, stuff coach, that we've been. Yeah, yeah. You've but been it's also that. women's MMA. Yeah, I think it's. It's really the beginning of the. You know, it's early. Up. It's very early in the game. It's sort of like you know a lot of these professional sports. Boxing started what eighteen ninety. John yeah. L. Sullivan was that one hundred and forty years. How many years? It's only been what ten years. It's, yeah, it's really infantile. It's in, in a very early stages. And I mean, it's just only legal in New York. And women's MMA is even even. It's only uh, even shorter. Haven't had a fight in New York. And that's New York State has not girls. It's only like two, two years. That's or only, they, there you not go. Not really two years, but so it's, in the it's UFC. Exciting. And Ronda was in the Olympics exciting for time. judo, right? Yeah, she came a bronze medal. Why would you not? Use anything but judo. Like imagine Daniel Cormier never doing wrestling again and just. Well, boxing. you couldn't. Well, she shouldn't just use judo, but you. What you, you do is. More. What you strength. do is you also you work your you work your other skills around your strongest skill set mm-hmm. right. versus abandoning your strongest skill set to prove a point and to, I don't know, but you know, look. It, I don't know, Rhonda's... I got to go walk miles. Mad at me. So anyway, this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Dad, for being on the show. Hey, my pleasure. My Thanks. pleasure. You're the best. Everybody. It's great, Joe. Thank you. Keep, keep, keep on keeping on, man. Oh, for All sure. Right. Uh, listen, if you want to tip us, we are on tipafighter.com, tipafighter.com. Uh, and also, uh, Friday night, I'll be at the Hollywood Improv, 10 o'clock. Next week, in Vegas, at the Stratosphere, Monday through Sunday. Uh, Joe, where are you going to be? Uh, I'm probably going to be at the haha one of these nights. I don't know which <laughs> night. But just show up every single night until you see me. <laughs> okay, show up every night. Uh, Dad, any, anything you want to plug? Uh, just uh, Adam Hunter. AdamHunter.com. My dad's also my Improv, manager, by the way. 8 o'clock. I got, a show, I got a show to promote. What's that? Every Tuesday at the Dark Horse Tavern. This is Augustino's show. We have great shows. Like last Tuesday, I hosted. and We had Joey Diaz. Josh Wolf. It was an insane wow, show for great. a little tiny Joey bar. Diaz, best. It's a little private experience. Come on by every Tuesday. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Take care.